This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Donald Trump appeared in court today in Washington, D.C. He pleaded not guilty to the conspiracy charges. He's been threatened with remand into custody pretrial confinement if he communicates with any of the witnesses in the case. He agreed to these terms and then he carried on his merry way. And I will just say, in the context of this story, the fact that they did not remand Trump into custody proves it is a political sham because anybody who did anything, I mean, you know, you know what? No, 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 not even anything near. Let's if you stole a diamond necklace and you owned a bunch of jets, they'd be like, OK, this dude's a flight risk. And you have buildings in foreign countries. You have properties all over the world. You own golf resorts. They'd be like, this guy's a flight risk. They're accusing Donald Trump of trying to overthrow the U.S. government an insurrection, a conspiracy to defraud the U.S. And they're like, you're free to go, good sir. Just, you know, come back when we need you. They don't seriously think this man did anything wrong. It's political. We also got a bunch of other news, my friends. Ron DeSantis says that he is going to start. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save what he said for when we get later in the show, because probably too soon in the show to say exactly what Ron DeSantis said. But let's just put it simply. He used a very graphic analogy uh, a metaphor for firing intelligence agencies, uh, intelligence agents. So, uh, yeah, he's very, very serious on that. And then we got big news. There's a leaked clip that came out from Tucker Carlson's show with uh, the former uh, chief of police of the Capitol Police, where he basically says it looks like January 6th was a cover up. Someone may have wanted this to happen. And he was the guy in charge, basically saying he was being obstructed. So we're going to talk about all of that. Before we do, my friends, head over to castbrew.com and buy our coffee to support the show. You can join the Cast Brew Coffee Club. You'll get three bags per month. We got a whole bunch of new flavors. We got the Sleepy Joe decaf. Maybe you saw Joe Biden today was selling that mug with him with glowing eyes. If for some reason you bought that mug, you can pour Sleepy Joe decaf into it. Wouldn't that be fun? But when you buy from Cast Brew, you are helping to support us. We sponsor ourselves. This is our company. And so everything, you know, we, we, we get from selling this product goes toward just, you know, helping keep things running. But you can also support us directly by going to TimCast.com, clicking join us, becoming a member, and you'll get access to our uncensored members only shows. We're going to have one for you tonight at 10 p.m. It's going to be a lot of fun. And as a member, you actually get a chance to call in and talk to us and our guest by submitting questions. We then choose four or five every night and we take your questions. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, take that URL right now, post it anywhere you can. It's the most effective way to help. If you can't become a member, if you can't buy our coffee, at least you could do that because that really, really does help and I really would appreciate it. And uh, joining us today, tonight, to talk about this and so much more is Liz Wheeler. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Who are you? What do you do? I'm Liz Wheeler. I host The Liz Wheeler Show. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, anywhere you find your podcasts. I also have a new book coming out called Hide Your Children, Exposing the Marxists Behind the Attack on America's Kids. You can find that at HideYourChildrenBook.com. That's a good name. Thanks. <laughs> you want to know where I got that name, actually, from that, that uh, meme. The video? Yeah, yeah. The video. <laughs> Antoine Dodson, Hide Your Wife, Hide Your Kids. Exactly. Tell me he's That's writing your foreword. <laughs> no, I should have asked him, though. Yeah, he's out there. <laughs> isn't, isn't he, like, kind of right-leaning or something? I don't know. You would Somebody think after that experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's another story. Uh, a woman in Portland got uh, mercilessly beaten by a homeless guy. And now she's a Republican. 
Surprise, surprise. But uh, thanks for hanging out. We'll yeah, thanks for having talk. me. Hannah Claire is here. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm back. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. You should follow them on all the social medias. And Ian's here. Well, hello, everyone. Ian Crossland. Happy to be here on this Thursday night. Awesome night. Liz, great to see you again. Good to see you. Looking forward to hearing about your book. Thank you. What's up, Serge? I love how in the bottom of your shot that there that carnivore thing just says carnivore underneath. The <laughs> That's what we're talking about, dude. Yeah. Carnivore snacks. His yeah. life is changing, guys. He's working so we, out now. We uh, we went on Public Square, the app, and we bought a bunch of jerky. So we got carnivore snacks and anthem jerky, and it is all just some of the best jerky this I've ever like had. Beef Delicious. and salt. These are the ingredients. It is like slimy with beef fat. It is the greatest. You gotta, like man, that is good stuff. The carnivore snacks. Is literally a piece of steak with fat on it. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's I pulled one out last night during the after show and like looked at it and I'm like, why is this beef jerky white? And Brett was like, it's the fat. It's the yeah. best part. Jeez. The most delicious. Not expecting it's it. Intense. Super All right. good for you. Yeah. Uh, anyways, let's get started. All right. Here's the story, ladies and gentlemen. Today, Donald Trump arrived in Washington D.C. Pleaded not guilty. Political reports: Trump pleads not guilty to charges that he conspired to overturn the 2020 election. At the former president's arraignment, prosecutors and defense lawyers signaled immediate disagreement over how quickly he should stand trial. So my understanding is, I think the, they have it in here somewhere, the next date will be August 28th. Was that it? Do they even, how, how far down do I got to go for, for them to confirm it? But I'm pretty sure, here we go. Chuck Khan's first hearing was set for August 28th. Before then, prosecutors and Trump's defense team were ordered to submit briefs proposing a schedule for the trial. Chuck Khan expects a, to set a trial date at the August 28th hearing. Trump criticized Chuck Khan in a social media post a few hours before calling her unfair. So apparently the reporting is that Jack Smith is trying to try this extremely quickly, saying we need a speedy trial here, probably because the primaries are coming up. And, uh, you know, there's another story we'll get into. Ron DeSantis debating Gavin Newsom. I kind of feel like that's what the deep state is hoping for. Gavin Newsom, not Joe Biden and Ron DeSantis, not Donald Trump. I am not trying to imply that either of them are working for the deep state or the intelligence agencies, I am saying that they don't want a failing Joe Biden because he can't win and they despise Donald Trump. So they're trying to get whatever they can. Thus, Jack Smith is like, let's get this speedy and, and, and rushed through. But uh, I want to I'll, I'll add one thing before we all just jump into the conversation. I think the fact that they did not remand Trump to custody proves it is not a legitimate criminal trial. You, and people can make the argument, oh, no, Trump's not a flight risk. Nobody thinks he'll flee. He's running for president. It's like, OK, fair point. But they're accusing him of trying to overthrow the government. That's what they're saying on MSNBC. This guy owns a 757, a Cessna Citation. He owns two helicopters. He, he apparently he probably has access to more jets than just those. Not to mention being a billionaire, he can easily charter a private jet. If they legitimately thought Trump was a threat to democracy, and that he was trying to overthrow the government, how could they not order him to, to be remanded? It just makes me start to wonder, like, who are his secret service agents and where are their loyalties? You know what I mean? Like, who, who do they think that they'll just be like, no, no, we won't let you flee if you really wanted to. I'm sure he could figure it out. Uh, the entire case against Trump, and I made this argument the other night, was it's obviously intended to destroy the pattern and uh, momentum of his campaign, right? Jack Smith was happily investigating for years, and then all of a sudden he's ready and we have to rush this prosecution. Doesn't seem suspicious at all. Oh, wait, of course, it's complete convenience. Trump could go to his jumbo jet and say, we're going to do a rally. We're, we have a scheduled rally in, insert city, Milwaukee. And then they all get on the plane. And then as soon as the plane takes off, he goes to the pilot and says... 
we're going to El Salvador. And then, you know, people could argue like, oh, there's no flight plan. He could just do it. They could yeah. he could just do it. The problem is if he left, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, he wouldn't be able to be president. Oh, of course. That, that would burn the my, bridge. My, and they know he doesn't want to burn that bridge. They don't, so they don't consider him a flight risk. I, I, I don't buy it. They're, they're accusing Trump of some of the most serious crimes in the history of this country. They are claiming that he attempted to steal. They're, they're, they're claiming that he, he, he called for an insurrection to stage a coup on the Capitol to, to steal power. That is... That is seditious. They're they're effectively arguing whether they didn't charge 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 him for uh, charge him with it or not. Seditious conspiracy, and then being like, "Nah, you're good. Go on home, buddy." I don't. I don't. Here's what I think, though. I think that we're missing one little point. I agree with you that it's obviously not serious charges. If they actually thought he was a threat, they would have kept him in pretrial detention, just like they did with so many of the January sixth exactly that which I thought was setting a legal precedent so that they could do this with Trump. I still think they're going to. I don't think that just because they let him walk out today that that means that they're not going to. I think they obviously want to put Trump in prison because they despise Trump. They think it'll destroy his presidential campaign. But if you look at the crux of what this indictment from Jack Smith in is, is it's really against political speech. It's a violation of your First Amendment right to have an opinion that is different than the opinion of the Joe Biden administration, which we can talk about the trickle down effects of that. But I think that they want to criminalize not just Trump's free speech. They want to criminalize us. So how do they do that? Well, they wait until this story's passed. He tweets something they disagree with. They say it's, you know, ruining this case. They put him in pretrial detention because they want some crazed Trump supporter to commit an act of violence so that they can say, well, it's not just it's not just a crime when Trump says this. It's a crime when all y'all say this and we're going to crack down on you. I think there could be a component to that. I think part of the free speech angle or the, the criticism of political speech is that they never got a smoking gun. There's really nothing there. So now they're going to have to make a very uh, obscure political argument. Uh, I think if Trump, you're totally right. If he fled the country, he couldn't be president. It would obviously be worse. I think part of it is sort of gambling with them. They really want the perp walk. They want an image of him in handcuffs. They want that to be all you see for a long time. Uh, and so Again, for me, all of this comes back to timing, right? They could do it right now, but he's gaining. Every time they indict him, he he jumps in the polls. So if they released uh, a picture of him in handcuffs, who's to say this wouldn't actually bolster his it would. supporters? It would help exactly. him. That's why they won't remand him. That's my point. If they genuinely thought Trump tried to overthrow this country and led an insurrection against uh, an official proceeding, they'd be like, lock him up and throw away the key. There are people still in jail right now without charge or trial for having trespassed at the Capitol. And you mean to tell me that they're like, Trump, you are free to go, but we think you're the one who orchestrated all of it. Nah, BS. Yeah, think about, they like, don't the, believe it at all. Think about the QAnon shaman, right? Jacob Chansley. Like, think about, we all saw that video when, when Tucker aired it after McCarthy <clears throat> gave him all the film from January 6th. Like, you can make an argument that he shouldn't have been in the Capitol. Like, that's fine, but obviously not violent, right? He was just kind of meandering around in there. And he was kept in, in pretrial detention and then in prison for how long? Mm -hmm. Because he was considered to be, he well, was considered to be, it was the same charge that, one of the same charges that Trump is obstruction of an official government proceeding. Yeah. And he, I mean, come on. I mean, it's the same violent. thing with like the Proud Boy conspiracy trial. It, it's crazy. Yeah. I will say, because you brought it up, uh, you know, we felt like the January 6th, you know, imprisonment was sort of a, a sense of precedent. And it makes me wonder, is there a fear among uh, left-leaning and Democrat, left-leaning lawmakers and Democrats that uh, eventually Republicans will go after maybe Hillary Clinton or someone else? And then if they put Trump in jail right now, then they are setting the precedent that their leaders will have to go in jail at the same point during the trial. Uh, maybe this is a sign that they are actually scared. 
Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Maybe. I don't think they have anything to worry about. Democrats going to jail when Republicans are in power. Unfortunately, yeah, I agree. I agree. Republicans are going to send strongly worded letters, and then yeah. it's it's just the most pathetic pathetic thing imaginable. The 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 indictment against Donald Trump lays uh, lays forth this this idea that you can indict someone for defrauding this country over elections. So where is where are any of the Republican DAs anywhere in this country to indict Hillary Clinton? For for acid washing our servers. Well, I mean, she was she she, she's publicly stated over and over again that Trump was illegitimate Mm -hmm. and she was doing it to try and, you know, steal power and all of these things. She was accusing Trump of being a Russian during the election. Oh, all right. All right. You know, 2015, all all of the stuff that they started pulling out against Donald Trump, accusing of working with Russians and being a Russian ass and all that stuff. That was that was before Trump won. Yeah. What statute of limitations on that? I can't imagine it's it's only a couple of years. Got to be at least 10. Right. Felony. Maybe there's no statute. Where's any Republican to be like, okay, we're filing charges. But the the jurisdiction touches everything. It's legal to say that you think uh, an election was fraudulent if you truly not believe according it. to the indictment but, but that's only what if the you indictment's think it's bringing up though the indictment's basically saying that trump's opinion even though he genuinely believed it no 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 no, no. the indictment says that trump n- stated things that he knew were false yeah. therefore it's illegal so they're right, assuming I know, his but like in- it's pretty obvious to everyone that trump believed what he was saying i sure. think that's and true and let's make the same argument that hillary clinton knew she was lying the same as they say yeah. about trump and go arrest her oh, but oh, republicans yeah. are pathetic spineless whiny losers the thing is you yeah. can't prove if they knew it or not there's no way yeah, to of prove course. that that's actually Doesn't the biggest that's actually one of the biggest flaws i think besides the attack on the first amendment that's one of the biggest legal flaws is this the the bar for the intent in in these different statutes is so high i i mean it's it's arguably unconstitutional but it would be next to impossible to prove if you had unbiased jurors which mm-hmm. i suppose is a huge caveat in this case because it's going to be in washington dc so not unless trump gets in west virginia which i would personally love there's no way that's going to happen be the best thing of all time <laughs> he for sure i mean i don't know but he really seems to believe like that election was fraudulent he, he's very straightforward about it he's been the entire time i, I don't understand why they would cons- assume that he's lying it makes they, no they're sense. not assuming he's lying they are lying they're purporting yeah, that he's lying right. i suppose they they know trump really believes it but they're lying and so the issue is why is it that vivek ramaswamy is filing his lawsuits against the doj for information pertaining to the communications between biden and garland as per this uh, uh, this indictment why is it vivek he's not even a politician and he's more effective than what every Republican. I'll give Matt Gates a pass. He's doing a lot of really great stuff. He's always on top of stuff. But Vivek's just a candidate and he's like, I'm going to file a lawsuit. Can we get a single member of Congress to do something? No, they're too busy holding hearings so they can get viral Twitter clips, Tim. Yeah, that's, that's about right. That's much more important. That's that's it. Do you spend much time over there at Congress? Not if I can help it. Check out this tweet from End Wokeness. Trump now faces three indictments, 78 charges, 641 years in prison. And we have this, uh, this is this is great. Look at this. Corruptly obstructing an official proceeding, one count. Conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, one count. 32 counts of retention of national defense information. 34 counts of falsifying business records. 
And then you got scheme to conceal, lying to the U.S. government. 641 years in prison is what they're trying to throw at this guy. That seems reasonable. Yeah. He definitely can serve that time. We're definitely not over sentencing. Then he'd here. be as old as Biden when he got out. Yeah, finally. That's true. So how do you think uh, MSNBC is, is handling this? They think it's reasonable. Ta- take a look at this clip from uh, MSNBC, and I would appreciate it if you all would, would listen. One day, our children's children will read American history. And can you imagine our reading that James Madison or J- Thomas Jefferson tried to overthrow <laughs> the government so they could stay in power? That's what we're looking at. We're looking at American history. Could you imagine if Thomas Jefferson tried to overthrow the government? I, I am shocked. Everyone knows Thomas Jefferson stood valiantly, valiantly before the, uh, the people of this great continent and said, all God save the king, all hail the king. We love the crown, Britain forever. That's, a, that's exactly the story of the founding fathers. But I just want to add, I love, first of all, how he's, he's so, he, I'm sorry, man. He's talking about the founding fathers quite literally overthrew the government. And uh, yeah, but more importantly, he's comparing Donald Trump to the founding fathers who overthrew a tyrant for the people and established this great nation. They succeeded. It's kind of a weird perspective. It's like you're set, you're, you're comparing Trump to the founding fathers right there. It's kind of like, OK, well, that's like a weird thing to do because people like them. Mm-hmm. And then being like to overthrow the government. I'm like, yeah, they succeeded at doing that. So he's obviously I mean, yeah. <laughs> in his defense. He's talking about if they'd in by, you know, 1811. Thomas Jefferson was still 1806 or whatever. He was still refusing to let go of power and was like, we are going to main we are going to be the new monarchy. Um, and so he's referring to that. I don't no, think he, no, I, I, because, no, because no, absolutely that's, not. that's what Napoleon did. Absolutely well, not. He, he's talking about Ian, what if you Thomas are, Jefferson you are pulled in Napoleon. fabricating context to defend Dude, someone for no reason. If you think that Al Sharpton okay. doesn't know that Thomas I, Jefferson was no, involved I in the American Revolution, that. then Al Sharpton is not an actual uh, effective thought leader. He is the equivalent of a political ambulance chaser, right? He shows up to do a couple hits, to fundraise, and to make himself feel good. He's not a reliable source for anything. So the fact that this is who they're triaging with should tell you that he has no idea what he's talking about and they are grasping at straws. And I'm not saying he did not know they, they were involved in revolution. I'm taking his statement as it is. I'm, I'm, I'm establishing no alternative context like you are doing. The man compared Donald Trump to founding fathers who overthrew the government succeeded to to remove a tyrant. I mean, the, Thomas the, Jefferson the, the literally absurd. wrote the document that said, this is why we are overthrowing you. This is why we're justified. This is why we have no other recourse. We are now in charge. We're severing the political bonds. The I Declaration mean, of Independence was the them literally thing. saying you have no authority anymore. We're yeah. in charge now. Well, I'm steel manning his argument for now. It's funny. We can laugh at the guy and be like, dumb idiot. You didn't know. But like, obviously, he's talking about if Thomas Jefferson had overthrown the American government. That makes no sense. There's no, there, there's no context in what he said to assume he's talking about 1811 what, or anything. after. Why would you think he's talking about King George? That, that, that Thomas Jefferson didn't overthrow King George. Like, what the hell? When you invoke the founding fathers, the obvious example is, yes, they overthrew a government. They overthrew the British government. But they didn't overthrow our government. Is sure. It? But it was, it was our government. Government at government. the time, at the time not before to, they overthrew it, it was not, our government. Not to mention the critical race theory argument is that the founding fathers were wealthy white slave owners who didn't want to pay taxes. So in order to maintain their status and power, overthrew the government. That, that, like the point is, it is a stupid thing to say. 
I agree with that. But I stand by. And it's, it's out of context. You can't expect anything better. What's funny is MSNBC, did they even, did they push back on this at all? Or were they just oh, like, oh. Know. No, they're like, Reverend Al Sharpton, thank you for blessing us with your presence here today. Uh, we're so grateful. I just love how we phrase it. Can you imagine? Like, let me get my crystal ball. Yes, I can imagine. It would be first a declaration and then a revolution and then a free country, the greatest the world has ever known. The to French, be fair. I can the, actually imagine. To, to be fair, it was a revolution, then a declaration. And in, in the, re the French Revolution okay. went haywire. They started a revolution. It looked pretty good. And then they wouldn't let go of the power. Robespierre went insane, completely egomaniacal. And then well, it, to, to they be, started killing each other. And then Napoleon seized it. But you know why that is. To, to be fair, Robespierre was always insane. In the beginning, they, he was really lovable. He was like a brilliant orator. He was a lawyer. Everyone liked him. He was the most level-headed of all of them. And then something yeah, happened. I, I learned an important lesson from Occupy Wall Street. Because I knew some <laughs> of these far leftists. And, uh, you know, they fought for free speech in 2011. And then when it came to the free speech arguments in 2018 and 19, I asked, I asked these guys, like this one guy I knew, I was like, how could you be for free speech back then? And all of a sudden your opinion changed. And he laughed and said, because you're too stupid. You didn't realize we were using you. We hate liberals. When, when you defended our speech, it empowered us. And now we want to take yours away from you because we want power. And I was like, oh, it makes sense. Also, you know what we were talking about just before we went on air? We were talking about libertarianism versus a more ordered liberty, like a recognition of moral order. That's the biggest difference between the French Revolution and the American Revolution. The American Revolution was based, I know this is really historically nerdy, was based on this idea that there was some fundamental objective truth that we didn't just determine as 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 populism, right? And the French Revolution chose libertarianism instead. So we ordered our constitution wow. on original justice, which is like Judeo-Christian values, and the French Revolution didn't. They ordered it as freedom as the ultimate end, whereas we viewed freedom as the means to something greater. And, and the, the, I think the, one of the big differences, a catalyst and one of the principal catalysts for the French Revolution was economics. They, 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 people were starving, there was famine. And so you had all these French people being like, don't know, don't care, I'm angry. And that just led to beheadings and other chaos. Whereas in the United States, it was consistent oppressive actions by the crown and uh, things like no representation in government, and the, the, the founding fathers and many of the state leaders would repeatedly petition the crown for things that made more sense uh, on our behalf. And they would just say, no, screw off over and over again. So it, the, the revolutionary period was actually about 20 years long. And the Declaration of Independence was way later on yeah. in that whole period. That's an interesting point about the secularism of the French Revo Revolution. I, it's interesting. I haven't really thought much about it, but that the American Revolution was like, a, I don't know if it's a Christian revolution. It, they put God in, in a lot of their yeah. writings. Then the, the the French Revolution is all about like do away with the old God, create a new religion, create a new calendar. You know, we don't want to adhere to these old I, traditions. I, I saw an interesting video where uh, some conservative dude was doing one of those gotcha videos of stupid people in Times Square. And he asked, what year did America gain its independence? And I thought that question was really, really funny because even he did not know the answer. Because what, what year was it? Anybody have a guess? 81 1781 are you talking about technically because i mean if you want to be real philosophical about this you could argue that in some ways where it's a continuous battle that's ongoing yeah. forever 2023 be uh yeah i mean that's I kind of like a lame answer but... i actually don't know the year are I you talking I, about like when the constitution when the revolution ended the surrender of cornwallis was that 81 did they fight yeah all the way 81 81 at yorktown so that was uh eight uh oh wait that's the wrong one uh 1781 so they announced it in 76. So you can make the argument resulted. that we had our independence in 1776, but I disagree. Uh, declaring it didn't change the fact the crown asserted their right and started shooting at 
the Americans mm-hmm. to and, and actually controlled a bunch of cities and occupied places. So we did not have it. It wasn't until Cornwallis surrendered that we actually gained it. So 1781. But I think it's funny because they're like, what year was it? And it's supposed to be 1776. And it's like, no, actually, that's when, you know, they started sending in the troops. Right. Granted, yeah. they were already sending in the troops, to be fair. And that's kind of a catalyst for it. But uh, yeah, you know. I think wh- I think what happened right after is what's interesting because we didn't have the Constitution for a while after, right? right? We had instead we had the Articles of Confederation, and that was structured on more of a libertarian basis, and it resulted in chaos. And they realized that we couldn't order a society along those lines, so we had to we had to use the Constitution to mm-hmm. reorder it along James Madison's viewpoints, and, which were more ordered liberty. I think there is something to be said for the question of you know people think it's 1776 because they think when you declared that you were independent you had independence because you have awoken right. you, you to this claimed concept. it in a you sense. claimed it you're aware that you want yeah. these things but i think it is important to underscore that you actually had to fight for it and to, yeah. to your point to be f- you have to you have to keep this going right you concede ground at a any republic point if liberty. you can keep it yeah <laughs> to be fair I, I was even wrong about that the american Re- revolution officially ended september 3rd 1783 with the signing of the treaty of paris Officially, so, okay. Cornwallis okay. surrendered Corn- in 81. Cornwallis' surrender in 81 ended any chance of the British actually being able to win a war. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. from that point on, there was still conflict and occupation, but then the treaty was signed in 1783. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Like, the American Revolution took place over 20-some-odd years. You could have been born a couple of years after the start of this period and then fought in the war. You know, like your whole life was hearing about all this revolutionary stuff. I mean, that's true of anyone who deployed to Afghanistan, right? I knew people who were in kindergarten. Born after Born after. Some people were born after 9-11 and ended up serving in Afghanistan. So these things happen. Yeah, that's trippy. It is trippy, right? Yep. Yeah. That makes me so mad, the Afghanistan stuff. Because I I have been thinking a lot about the draft. We talked about the draft a few days ago and how there was call. People were talking about it and it's like the military numbers aren't, aren't doing very well because they sent us into that occupying war in the middle east in, in afghanistan and then iraq and libya we conquered iraq and then we conquered libya and people are getting pissed off that russia wants to conquer a trade port right on its border like are you fucking kidding me we took libya we, we're in control of libya right now we own libya like it's the grossest shit and i mean we need to inspire our military that's what, I, what bothers me is that the, this demoralization in the military that's i don't the, think we own libya i mean we I basically think we run destroyed that it yeah. And now there's a we slave trade. Uh, set up uh, Osprey Global. Did we set up Sidney Blumenthal's Osprey Global Solutions there? For, Libya for, for a while has been ruled by like random tri- warring tribes since the fall of Gaddafi. Yeah, it's basically an American puppet state at the My moment. My problem wasn't that we went into Afghanistan. I think that was perfectly morally justified after we had been attacked on 9-11. My problem was how they handled it. Like you well, go why, into why? a war, you have... Um, terms of engagement that allow our fighting men and women to win and you actually have a plan for victory and you have an objective that is victory. Like, you get in, you do your thing, you get out. Like, don't but drag was, it on the, forever. There was there was no reason to go into Afghanistan. If, if the argument is that we should have gone to Afghanistan because some of the 9-11 hijackers were Afghani, it's like, what about Egypt? Well, the or, Taliban? Yeah, but what about Egypt or Pakistan or, uh, or Saudi Arabia? I mean, they're all, uh, Saudi Arabia got sued, I think, over 9-11. I'm not going to get into the whole uh, history of that because there's too many gaps in my knowledge, but it wasn't like it was just the Taliban that did it. Osama bin Laden was hiding in Pakistan. There was uh, funding coming from various sources in various Middle Eastern countries. Some of the hijackers were Egyptian. We didn't go and invade those countries. I don't disagree with that. I think that the Taliban was giving safe passage to Osama bin Laden. So you you can go back and make that argument. I'm not, especially against Saudi Arabia. I think that they were certainly not held accountable because they were 
a territorial ally, if you will. I think part but of the I problem do think is 15 were citizens of Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two were from the Emirates. One was from Egypt and one was from Lebanon. Mm -hmm. Most of them were from Saudi Arabia and we're just like, nah, that's cool. Saudi's like, we're all right with you. Yeah. I think part of the problem is that war that we pretended wasn't a war, but obviously was a war never ended right? Like right i can tell you people born after it deployed to afghanistan but then the biden administration said we want to pull out on september 11th to have some symbolic win for our administration and we all saw how that went like there is something fundamentally wrong and i think to your point uh you know i have family members and i know people who are part of the military and there is a, um, an energy of discouragement but also i don't think our culture knows totally how to uh handle our military right i mean i think a lot of us are anti-war and I think that's probably good. On the other hand, where do you put in people who go into military service for honorable reasons? How do you reconcile both things at once? I'd like to build solar powered water condensation all over the planet. Like if we could have peacekeeping <laughs> missions with our troops and our military and actually I feel like peacekeeping missions is like. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three row all electric SUV, the Kia EV9 with available all wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This is actually it. something else. <clears throat> we call it peacekeeping, but it's right. usually not that. That's what they called it in Vietnam, you know. This is cool. Advisors. What they do is they build these. <clears throat> there's a bunch of different ways you can do it, but they have these big white plastic or some you know carbon structures that are flat up top and then slowly as they get lower become rounded and funneled and what happens is water. the condensation sticks to it and the water pours down and it fills up fresh water by the morning you can crazy. actually have them go underground so the, it, the air goes in goes down underground and cools Condenses. way down underground yep. And then you can yeah, have like crazy. solar panels that are like heating panels or cooling panels underground that are connected to the solar up top. So it super cools the, the gas underground. You know, a lot of water. That's cool that. stuff. The, the, the reason I, I like to elaborate on the idea is because there are really awesome stuff we could be doing, but instead we just keep, we just seem to be blowing people up all over the, all over the world. That's they, what our money's good for. Or gender studies in Pakistan. LK99, mm -hmm. that's room temperature superconductor. Did you guys hear about that? Yeah. It's going to change the entire computing industry. I mean, the computing industry, bro, you have no idea. Dude, I it's, have it's no not, idea. It's like, I'm that's why no one I'm believes standing it. on the press. I love science. I have to say, I feel like I come on this show and you guys teach me so much. The, so most superconductors so, where you can pass a lot of electricity through without losing it. Uh, you need to be, they need to be really cold, mm -hmm. but these can be done at near room temperature. Apparently proposed ambient this pressure. Is, the, the claim is, and they're being so, reproduced. Superconductors, zero resistance transfer of electricity. We lose energy as it's transferred around. Uh, there's heat loss. There's a bunch of loss. With a superconductor, you don't have that. There's a lot of things you can do. They do superconductor, superconductor levitation. They'd be able to do like maglev trains on the cheap. They, it would completely change computing. It would completely change batteries. It would, uh, uh, what people are claiming is that it will make the world like a sci-fi reality. Like this is a major breakthrough on par with the, the discovery of the charged electromagnetic spectrum. Yeah. And because such, nobody believes it. Yeah. And they're waiting for replication yeah. because room temperature superconductors right. is going to like, yeah, Change it's going to be like sci-fi. I've Star heard Trek. that they're re they're replicating it now. And but, this with like deep fakes and with obviously the internet, all these weird technologies of like, I'm really going to be able to imagine something and then see it like with the neural net. I, I we're entering in like your another. Lifetime. I think that's the craziest thing. These, these uh, revolutions in technologies, evolutions of technology, I should say, are happening faster than ever before. So- 
I, my thought is that we're just we're going to evolve into another species. But what do you think, Liz? Like, because, would you get a brain chip? No, not right away. Never. If, Elon if, Elon said that he would get one. I, I well, I hope it. he has a great time. No, thank you. <laughs> if if most people will get it, if I see like hundreds of thousands of young people in high school getting it and just like blowing test scores out of the water, learning much of languages, becoming really good at athletics, I would consider it. But I, I would, would rather have something non-invasive, like a helmet or something. Like, so you like the augmented reality yeah. glasses? I like do you know them. anybody who doesn't them. have a cell phone? Yeah. How many people do you know don't have cell phones? Like five, because I yeah. know people who live off the grid. Right. I don't and know like, anybody that doesn't have a cell phone after like older than high school. Do, in the mountains do, of West do, Virginia. Are, are cell phones CIA <laughs> tracking devices? Oh, certainly all your information is tracked by any intelligence agency around the world who wants it. So conservatives know full well the deep state is tracking literally everything they do, every website they go to, every picture they look at, every naughty thing they do on the internet, and they don't care. And they would then say, well, I'm not getting the brain chip. And it's like, oh, please do. 10 years, you'll all be chipped. Here's mm -hmm. here's where I think it's different. Because when Apple, what's Apple's thing that's coming out, that augmented reality goggles that he just announced a couple months ago? Yeah, yep, that sounds there good. was an engineer that worked on that who did a thread on Twitter right after it was announced who said, I worked on part of this as it was going. I don't work there anymore. A lot of it's under NDA. And he was bragging. He was proud of having worked on it. And he was he was talking about how what they wanted to teach it to do was anticipate what you want so that you could so that it could offer you things as you're going. Mm -hmm. And I thought. Well, that doesn't sound cool to me. That sounds like the ability to manipulate because if you get used to them anticipating, then they could plant ideas that are just like mm -hmm. that could control your movements. I think that's very different than a cell phone because you're not it's not integrated into your consciousness. Even like I have my cell phone in my hand all the time, obviously, like we're all obsessed with it, but it's not part of my decision making process because it hasn't been like it hasn't been merged with my consciousness. Like that's really it, also you it, could no, no, discipline it, it yourself has. to go without your cell phone. Yeah. So, so the one fair point I'll make is there's a difference between holding something in your hand and, and having a surgery, right? Mm -hmm. Molly people don't want to do surgery, but cell phones changed everything. Before we had the iPhone, if you wanted to go on the internet, it was, you'd go out and hang out with your friends, then be like, I, I, when you get home, I'll see what's happening online. Then you'd go out and hang out with your friends, then come home. Once iPhone, the iPhone came out and people had, this was like the, the, the expansion, the explosion into 24 seven web. Now you were on Facebook nonstop all day, every day. A dramatic difference. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. So I, our, conscious, our, 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 our consciousness has merged with the internet at this point. Your phone is always with you. And now look, I'm wearing this smartwatch that vibrates when someone tweets at me. I <laughs> think the weird thing is It doesn't actually do that because I block that. But like I get text messages. Your, and it's Your like, watch oh. is just like constantly going off. Right. No, I think part of it is you'll start to see a separation of societies, right? Like you asked me, who do I know who doesn't have cell phones? And like, they are all off the grid mountain people who chose to live that way and know they're going without some modern conveniences for that reason. I think, I mean, like you're a young parent. There will be parents who opt to give their kid uh, an Instagram profile and an iPad really early on. And then there will be parents who say, I'm going to hold out for as long as I That's possibly me. can. I think you will see a, a, a clear difference in these things. And maybe we'll have data to say like, Hey, these people are benefiting. Here's here's what's happening because of that. Because again, technology is moving so quickly. We're able to track things better than ever before. On the other hand, I think culturally we'll just split apart. I That's think we'll have like the mountain people and the tech people. You Side mentioned borders. before the show like shared morality, how it's such an important part of a cohesive government. For instance, the United States government had like a shared kind of a almost an authoritarian morality to it. But so I see this technology and this augmented reality brain chip 
lifestyle is like a, a fast track to a shared morality. They can tell us what we think yeah. or they can make us believe a certain thing and it could be good, could be bad. But like, do you think that it's even possible to get humans to come together and begin to share a new morality without using like this, this mind meld tech, this internet? I mean, I'm uh, first of all, I didn't say the word authoritarian when it came to that me. That was me. That was you. Um, <laughs> that was you. Um, Liz disavows. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I just don't think it's an accurate word to describe what I'm talking about. So, um, I think that cell phones have connected us in a way like I'm grateful for my cell phone. I also see like the problems that it has wrought. Like I actually think the point that Tim was making is a good is a good argument for my point. Like TikTok has changed the minds and I don't mean like changed the thought, like changed the ideological minds. Like it has changed the brains of Gen Z and not in a good way. This should be an argument for pushing further away from augmented reality because already just with disattached phones, we've wrecked a generation with that. Um, I think, Ian, your point is a point that I make a lot, that indoctrination is not inherently immoral. It's what's being indoctrinated that determines whether it's good or bad, right? Like our education system right now indoctrinates children in like anti-American, anti-Christian, pro-Marxist values, and that's wrong. But it's not because this school is being used for indoctrination. Indoctrination is morally neutral. We actually should be using the education system for indoctrination. We should just be indoctrinating children in what's good and right and true. We should be indoctrinating them in American civic values and in Christian virtues. Even if they're not practicing religious people, our nation is built like our entire legal structure is built on the on on Judeo-Christian values. Right. You can't murder someone. Why? Because that person's made in the image and likeness of God. Like that's the only thing that sets us apart from animals. So I think we should be using venues that we have for indoctrination. We just have to be smarter than the left. And when's the last time that you can point to a conservative or Republican politician, an institution that's actually controlled by the right? The right stopped fighting for those like 50 years ago. So it's just controlled by the left. So yeah, they're forming the minds and the ideologies of all these young people. It's terrible. But it is changing. With uh, Bud Light, for instance, the new the news that just yeah. came out, they lost $400 million or whatever. There's a big cultural shift, Sound of Freedom, obviously. We'll get into that, but I do want to jump to this story because we got big pressing news. This is a clip that was released by the National Pulse. It is a leaked clip from Tucker Carlson's show where the Capitol Police chief said that it was that it could be January 6th may have been a cover up. Let me play this clip for you. I'll just give you guys a warning. It's a little choppy for some reason, but uh, nonetheless, it's very important. So let me play this. Rational and not give a number statement, obviously, but the facts that you are describing are shocking. The reason why I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, why did you write this book? I try to do what I can to get the truth out. Yes. You know, they didn't want me to testify in uh, in February, on February 23rd at the Senate hearing. They only wanted people that are still currently in positions. I actually had to go in and talk to a friend of mine on one of the oversight committees to say, I will come there in person. I want to be there. I want to testify. So I'm glad you think I'm reserved. I'm, you know, to be honest with you, I'm a little pissed off um, because it, it, this happened. If, if people were reporting the intelligence correctly, if I was allowed to do my job as the chief, I got a significant experience. If I was allowed to do my job as the chief, we wouldn't be here today. This didn't happen. Then see how you know, you're out there, you're lambasted in public, and it's all, you know, everything appears to be a cover up. Like I said, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but when you look at the information the intelligence that it had, military had, uh, it's all watered down. I'm not getting intelligence. I'm denied support National Guard in advance. I'm denied National Guard while we're under attack for 71 minutes. You're in a fight? Yeah. A fight for a couple of minutes. Yeah, one minute. You out. One minute. <laughs> I was going to say, 
60 seconds, three minutes. Yeah, exactly. Let me tell you, it wears you out. My officers were fighting for 80 minutes before the, the protesters ever broke the person with that. Wait, can I say, so you described this as a failure to get the intelligence to the people who needed it, but it sounds like worse than, it sounds like they were hiding so, the intelligence. And that's what I'm getting at is, could there possibly be that actually did something to happen and kind of wanted something to happen? It doesn't, it's not a far stretch to begin. Well, to I don't know that. what the other explanation is. You know, it's it's sad when you start putting everything together and thinking about the way this played out. Uh, it gets concerning. What was their end goal? You look at you look at what's happening. Was that their end goal? I don't know. Well, I mean, there's no question that what happened on January 6th has has really helped the Democratic Party. It's bravely politicized the U.S. military and the intelligence agencies and the mm -hmm. FBI. And those are all, I think, bad for America and violations of the Constitution, but they're all good for the Democratic Party. That's the fact. Like, that's so it's very, it's a very choppy clip, unfortunately, but you can make out most of what, uh, what matters. And this is the former police chief for the Capitol Police saying someone could have wanted this to happen. It may have been a cover up. And then you look at what's going on now with the Trump indictments. And I think any, any reasonable person who's been watching everything that's going down would agree the simple solution is they wanted January 6th to happen to weaponize it because they needed some way to stop Donald Trump because they know they can't win an election. Here yeah. we are. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not. I usually believe that there's an explanation. But if you look at the facts of the case, what happened on January 6th and compare that to what the charges against the January 6th defendants were and then contrast that with the due process violations that these people faced and then the political capital the Democrats have gained for all this. I mean, it almost seems like he's stating the obvious. We're just desensitized to this because we've been dealing with it for two and a half years now. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the point that I was making the other day. People will ask, like, how did a country get so bad? You know, insert country, the Soviet Union, Nazi Germany. Like, how did it get so bad? Took years, took a decade, took longer. So when something happens like Donald Trump gets indicted, here, here's what I think. I think they indicted him on the tax stuff first because they, they know what they're doing. If they came out and indicted Trump on January 6th outright, it would be a shock to the system that would be bad for them. It would snap people to attention. So they do an indictment, not that big a deal. It's like a tax thing. Oh, who cares, right? Then they do a classified documents thing. Okay, well, that's a little bit bigger. Wow, it's federal. But then ultimately it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Now they do the January 6th thing. They're still not remanding Trump into custody. The sheriff in, uh, in Fulton County said that Trump will be perp walked and he will get his mug shot. He will receive no special treatment. It's possible that the real remand to custody will take place in Georgia. But they do it all in increments so that you are desensitized to it every step of the way. I bet they want Trump to flee because that's another January 6th type thing. You get him to do it, and then you can blame him and make him look like the bad guy again. Look, he's still breaking the law. Yeah, but imprisoning uh, whether whether they're good people or bad people throughout history, we have tons of stories of people who were imprisoned, got out, and then took over. Mm -hmm. And you technically could be the president from jail. From exile. Let me read you this timeline. You tell me if this is a coincidence. On March 16th, the Oversight Committee in the House of Representatives revealed the Biden family payments that we all know are criminally corrupt. The day after that, on March 17th, Hunter Biden admitted that the laptop that we all knew was his was in fact his. 
The day after that, President Trump announced that the Manhattan DA would indictment would indict him, which they did. Then on June 8th, the FBI, um, the FBI, an FBI document alleged that Biden and Hunter, you know, were involved in that bribery scam for five million dollars. The next day, Trump was indicted on the classified documents. On July 26th, the Hunter plea deal, the one where he was supposed to get immunity to any other charges ever in the history of his life, that collapses. The day after Trump was indicted, July 31st, Devin Archer testifies before the House again, and then the next day, Trump was indicted again. Yeah, the, the is that fact a coincidence? that uh, I don't think so. But the the big the 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 the, the smoking gun is. The third indictment, which was additional charges in the classified document case, because they had already indicted him. Then the Hunter Biden plea deal thing happens. Then they're like, oh, we're, we're indicting Trump again for the same thing. It's like, OK, you they, they really need another indictment to cover this one up. I just don't understand why there's no aliens, too. Right. Any anything <laughs> to distract from it. Uh, you know, I want to know why D.C. Mayor Mayor Muriel Brett. Bowser has never had to explain why she said, yes, we'll take National Guard, but only if they don't have any weapons, right? Like, there were so many things that led up to this that seemed strange to me that Nancy Pelosi never asked for additional security at the Capitol. Like, why are they not as accountable for what happened as theoretically Trump or anyone else? Like, why are only certain people being asked to account for the decisions they made on that day that put people in danger, right? Like, if you had asked for proper security, Nancy Pelosi or Miro, Miro Bowser, then there would have been something else. The fact that you didn't seem suspicious to me, the fact that no one is asking you to explain it seems worse. Yep. I think they're counting on the fact. So think about in 2020. This doesn't have anything to do with January 6th for a second. Think about in 2020 when parents were watching over their children's shoulders on Zoom school and like they were seeing critical race theory, like you're, if your child's white, they're racist. If your child's black, they're oppressed. They were seeing the transgender ideology and parents were really shocked by that because a lot of parents thought, oh, that's happening in California. That's happening in New York, but that's not happening like in our neighborhood, in our elementary school, in my child's classroom. And they saw that it was and this it was this huge mental shift that you just saw sweep the country. All these parents that thought they were untouchable because it, they weren't in this radical leftist hotbed. And then they realized that it was real. I think we're at that point with January 6th that for a long time, people have been afraid of being labeled as a conspiracy theorist. And because of that, we've forgotten that sometimes there are conspiracies Sometime, like what is a conspiracy? It's just a, a concerted criminal act, right? That there are people in power who are trying to do bad things, trying to violate our rights. And I think people collectively are starting to realize that January 6th is one of those things, that it wasn't just, oh, the radical right wingers who are claiming that it was a mm -hmm. that it was a, a false flag or something like that. They're like, wait a second, this actually does seem like it could be as bad as as some of us have been saying the whole time. Yeah. And we're seeing a really big shift in people's minds. I think it, one of the first times she was on this, so Marjorie Taylor Greene pointed out that basically everyone who's arrested during the 2020 summer riot, riots was let go and they never faced any charges. Like, we are singularly focused on this one thing yeah. and there has to be a reason for that, right? And I, I think, you know, uh, we saw it in the clip. Someone gains from when they obsess about January 6th and they try to turn it into something right there there is political momentum and i think tim talked about it the other night you know if trump had treated uh, the may attack at the church in dc a little bit differently perhaps the narrative would have been slightly differently uh, i think that's one of the things we have to credit uh left-wing left-wing activists with is that they really know when to obsess and make loud uh something that they are going to make the lead story for the rest of the year in this case it's january 6th
Someone did bring up an interesting point, uh, just peachy in the super chat saying Tucker did not use microphones like that on his show. And I just looked up quick set images and sure enough, yeah, Tucker never used uh, microphones like this. I don't know what that means. Perhaps the, the video could have been faked or something like that, but uh, I have no evidence that's the case. This would be a particularly difficult video to deepfake because it's extensive, but considering how much time it's been, it's been January since this book came out, it's entirely possible someone made a, an elaborate deepfake. Can someone clip the original interview when it was released and compare? And then slowly change it. It could be why the audio is so so choppy or whatever. But, Do you think uh, they were trying to record it locally so that it wasn't I don't know. leaked? I think the simple solution That's is just that though. this one time Tucker used these microphones, but I have no idea. Don't know. I just I just looked up Tucker Carlson today and the images of everyone he's had on every single image. None of them have that. None of them have those mics. So I'm like, when did he ever use those? He didn't seem to have. Also, unless it was a different show, unless it was uh, uh, meant for an audio release and they just happened to have filmed it. Credit to his detail oriented fans for being like, those aren't the mics. I feel like we should subtly change things in this room and see if people notice this. This J6, man. It, it makes me think like if I was in Nazi Germany in 1933 or 1934, what would I be doing to speak out against the, the Nazi party rise to power? Would you be speaking out? And how would I be doing it? Because they didn't have, citizens couldn't really grab a microphone and go on the internet. They didn't have that kind of power. Yes, now we but, do. But at the same time. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. People have, uh, uh, can be drowned out. Everybody has the microphone, so everyone is yelling over each other. It is faster, but back then, the the means of you speaking out would be to make flyers and posters or like to print a zine or to write something and then share it. So you got to stand out that with you saying how people are all talking over each other. I guess that's for me why I'm taking why I'm deciding to get into shape, because if I can make a really good movie that people want to watch, then at least I'll be standing out and people will be looking at my microphone a little bit more than others. Well, you got to go where the money is, right? So you got to go hang out in Malibu and then hopefully you bump into, you know, say Robert Downey Jr. And then he's like, I liked your style. And then he puts you in a movie and now you're famous. Yep. Now you're famous. And then you come out and start talking about how the war in Vietnam is bad. And then one day on your way to the hotel, some guy jumps out and shoots you. Oh, okay. Thanks for laying the, uh, that path in front of me. Which well, why you know what your options are. Man. I know. Like, do I rail against the military powers of Earth until I die? Or do I just try and make a great life with an awesome family and go live on an island somewhere? I feel like there's both, right? Like, and in it, this position, you can talk out, speak about the things that you believe and, and ask questions. But I think change happens at home. And so there's a value in saying, like, no matter what culture tells me, I'm going to live myself, live my life, you know, jointly, hopefully with a partner. Weird. In a way that I feel like is honorable. We're here for one reason. Everything that's happening right now is because of one thing. The founding fathers are the people who said we are a moral and just people and we demand, right? We we have these rights. They're inalienable and we must fight for what is right for us and our families at great personal risk, sacrificing their blood and treasure. And even in some cases, their families, putting their families at risk so that they could fight for what was best for the entirety of this nation. And then. The mentality changed at some point. Now the advice you're given is just keep your head down and make money. Ignore all of this 
And where we are now is the average person today says, I will not risk myself, my, my life, my sacred blood and treasure or my family. There were founding fathers whose children's uh, children were kidnapped, whose families were, were kidnapped and used as leverage to, for prisoner exchanges, whose homes were seized by the British, by the crown, who, cities that were entirely occupied and they were forced to flee. And today you have people saying, well, I can't do that because I have a family and I can't put my family at risk. It's like, okay, well, you're the opposite of the founding fathers. And perhaps I know easy for me to say, I don't have kids, but I'll just make that, make sure you understand that. Like the founding fathers were like, even if it means my family is, is kidnapped, even if it means I die, even if it means I have nothing left to my name, I stand for what this, what, what must be. And today it's inverted. Today it's, I'm going to lock my door, hide and hope that it passes over. And it's, the people are doing well. The, even the poor people are doing well because of fascism, because we've bought off half the world, the slave trade of half the world, mining these rare earth minerals and stuff for us. That's China. Yeah. And in, in like the, the Congo, like the, I, I don't Cobalt know. Cobalt mines. Yeah. Geez, it's disgusting. So it, truly fascism is, is, is dangerous in that it's peaceful or it can be very peaceful. And people have been sedated by this. Uh, but I, I think it's really simple. The, the, current, the, the, the current way of life that we have, you know, you can work for an hour. You know, if, if you're like a, 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 the average American salary, you work a couple hours and you're going to go have a hibachi dinner with your family. Life is easy. So nobody wants to risk it. That's it. Yeah. Let me go back to what Ian said before, though. When you ask, like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to have a microphone and have the loudest voice? Am I supposed to hide away with my family? Like, what? If, how am I supposed to fight back against this? Because we are living in a unique point of history. Like, no, we're not in Nazi Germany. Like, you can't replicate anything exactly in history. But there, we're at a dangerous point in our country, right? Where if this, if if what happens to Trump, if he's criminalized for free speech, I mean, you and I, all of us sitting here, have to wonder. Okay, we've question the same things about the 2020 election like are we next like where does that like what's the limiting principle on that like we all could be on the line at, at the whim of a government and i think this is one of the things that the republican party has lost sight of this is one of my biggest critiques with the republican party is that there is a just use of government right we often conflate the idea of a limited government with essentially no government and that's not what limited government means. Limited government means a government with enumerated powers that is accountable to the people, that is run by the people. It means that it's not a dictator that has unlimited authority. It doesn't mean that there's no just use of the government. And we as Republicans have forgotten that. We've 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 demonized anything to do with government. Oh, we don't want government involved in that. We don't want to use government for this. We'd rather use family and free market and all of that, which is fine. But we also have to use the government to fight back against these things. We are not just by ordering our families properly going to be able to abolish the administrative state. We're not just by sitting here behind microphones going to be able to recapture our education system. There are things we have to use the government for the just power of the government for to recapture if we want to if we want to stop what the left is doing to our society and if we want to reclaim our society, which was which is supposed to be um, how the founders envisioned it. Right. So you and I should I mean, even if we are I know I'm more right wing than you are, but we should be holding our politicians accountable for that because everything can't be done on an individual basis. I know this is what conservatives have told us for the past 50 years, that everything's just about like us and our families. And yeah, that's important. But it's also using the government. And if we did that, we'd be a lot more successful. I'd like to break up corp a lot of corporations, especially the tech corporations. They're just too too monopolistic. Google, 
Alphabet, I love you guys. Meta. Thanks for letting us stream right now. But yeah. come on, the corporation's way too big. Yeah, Goog too dangerous. Google, Google, you got to break them up. Uh, Meta, you got to break them up. X, you're cool. But, you can stay. But what they did with Rockefeller <laughs> was they went into Standard Oil and broke it up into like eight oil companies that Rockefeller still had a piece of. So he became even more wealthy and influential yeah. after the breakup. So yeah, we have to, that. knowing that, we can't break up Alphabet the same way. That's why I advocate for freeing their software code because it's kind of like you reduce their power, you create. Um, an opportunity for the market to compete if the code is available and whoever has the best means of like terms of service, their 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 organizations will win out. But I think we need government for that because otherwise it's gonna people would resort to sabotage, and I don't want to do that. I, and I don't want boycotts. Not enough. I want to jump to uh, this story here. We have this uh, clip from the Joe Rogan Experience. Jack Posobiec says breaking. Joe Rogan says there was real fraud in the Kerry Lake election. The context beyond this is a story from the Daily Mail that finds sixty nine percent of Republicans believe that Biden. Uh, his win was illegitimate and that there was widespread fraud. But let's play this clip first. We got Patrick Bet David, he rocks, and Joe Rogan, also very great. How much election fraud do you think is real? Here we go, Joe. You want to go to election fraud? <laughs> yeah, because I don't think it's zero. No, it's no not way. zero. I think we could all agree it's not zero. No way it's not zero. And we know yeah. that these voting machines can be fucked with. Yeah. And we know yeah. that there's some irregularities. Uh, all that that Carrie Lake stuff in mm -hmm. Arizona yeah. that they're trying to dismiss, it doesn't look like that's invalid. It looks like there's real fraud there. It looks like there's some real shenanigans there. At the very least, there was voting machines that weren't working properly, and it seems very suspicious that a lot of them were in Republican areas. There's a lot of shenanigans. There's a, and I think there's coordinated efforts to make sure that certain people get elected. I don't know how far they go, but I know it's not zero. He's right. It is not zero. Even Bill Barr said it wasn't zero. Mm -hmm. And that's the big question. 69% of Republicans think there was widespread fraud and Biden did not win. So uh, there was a tweet. It was Robbie Starbuck put out a poll saying, do you think we're in a civil war? And uh, of course, you all know how I voted in that poll. <laughs> but uh, the overwhelming majority of people said yes. There were four choices. One was nowhere not, and then one was not yet but soon, and that was the second most voted position. So here's the way I'll frame it. And I've, I guess I've said this before. It all depends on where we go next. If Donald Trump is cleared of all charges, SCOTUS says these charges are, are, are po politicking and weaponizing the, the Justice Department, Trump ends up winning, Trump fires a handful of people, there are some reforms. It's a little, it's a little tumultuous, but mostly we just we we move past it. No one will ever talk about this as a civil war or a revolution or a conflict. They'll just say, you know, there was a rough patch. If it does escalate beyond where we are now, not just today, but probably January six, probably twenty sixteen, will be considered the second civil war period. So fifty hundred years from now, if whatever is happening now does break out in a hot conflict or totalita totalitarianism or something, they'll write. The conflict all started in 2015 when the, when the Clinton campaign falsely accused her chief rival of being a spy working for, this, for the Russian government. And that kicked off a chain of events which resulted in impeachments, street battles. I think for January sure 6th. it'll go back to September 11th and the Patriot Act. If, if it gets to like, this is the time of history where the United States ended, it will be remembered that that, that stupid bill that let you put throw people in jail with no cause but that's that, that's, is the that's, that's where it all began they, they won't say that that's reductive they better when say we that. look at when we look at the, the the civil war period you could bring up bleeding kansas but nobody considers that the civil war 
They consider it like a component of pre-Civil War. And then if you go back a couple decades to like, um, what was it? I think the 1850s, the, the, the um, what was it? The Catching Slaves Act or whatever was a big catalyst because the bill was basically if slaves escaped the South to the North, the North would have to return yeah, the them. the Fugitive Slave Act. Fugitive Slave Act. And the North said, you got it. The bill was passed. And then the North said, yeah, right. We're not doing that. So the South was basically saying, if the federal government passes laws, the North will not adhere to what is the point of a federal government? It does nothing. Yep. And the, the but, demos- but we, we don't we don't go back and say it all started here with the Fugitive Slave Act. No, we say it was a component and people will consider 9-11 as a component. But the Civil War period, I believe, likely it, it theoretically has a bunch of components that lead into with like Occupy Wall Street, the Great Recession, well, Afghanistan and Iraq. I mean, it was demoralizing, destabilizing for the United States. It bankrupted our country. But the shift was 2015. I wouldn't define a civil war unless there was unless there was. I, when I say violence, I guess I don't mean just Black Lives Matter violence or Antifa violence. I would call it like if there's conflict violence, like a hot war. I would describe what we're in right now as a cultural revolution, which can be a precursor to a hot war. It can be a precursor to a civil war. I voted in that poll, too, and I voted well, not uh, yet, but soon. Kind okay. of like TBD, dot, dot, dot. Cultural revolution just means one side's not fighting back. That's exactly what's happening, yeah. Mm. I mean, because, you know, whenever people say we're not in a civil war because there's no hot conflict yet, I'll just say Aaron Danielson was shot twice in the chest by a guy with a Marxist tattoo with a BLM tattoo on his neck. Yeah, you're just not paying attention to it. There's been a ton of violence. The The BLM riots was a major component of whatever this cultural civil war or, or uh, cultural revolution is. And yeah, perhaps it is just a revolution, a communist revolution. I like that cultural revolution. That's it, what I think is, is happening. It's the same thing that Mao did it's in the 50s. It's the same thing. The whole dividing people into the left and the right is that what Mao did to create a cultural revolution so that then you can pull the tail on one of the dogs and they, they start chasing right. each other and you're the crazy monkey that gets to watch. This is what the first half of my book is about. So like I, when we see all these crazy things, like we just describe it as like, oh, our culture's in chaos or we're watching critical race theory and trans ideology being indoctrinated into our kids and i'm like okay why is this all happening at the same time i mean i know that republicans don't fight back so maybe they just thought it was an easy in but this seems like a concerted effort here yeah Yeah, how did we get here and it turns out as i looked into this the answer to that is less of a why and more of a who as i researched it i found the people and the organizations behind each of the the attacks on all these cultural institutions and they are invariably marxists i mean even the black lives matter movement that you just mentioned i mean this is the obvious one people are familiar with this but the founders of the black lives matter movement are openly marxist they brag about being trained marxists you see all these books i mean i see you have gender queer sitting here on the table i mean the president of the american library association is a self-avowed marxist these people are actual communists actual marxists and they are using the destabilization of our cultural institutions the civil institutions to get us to economic destabilization so that they can topple our government that is the definition of a cultural revolution people are just like whoa communist marxist like it's just republican versus democrat and if you actually peel back the layers and look at who's behind this it's not a coincidence it's not chaos it's actual marxism why do you think they embraced marxism i think that they are ideological marxists i think marxism is is Econo- we think of it economically when we think of Karl Marx and the Communist Manifesto. We think of the uh, working class overthrowing the ruling class. And I think that that didn't really work. It didn't, they didn't, it never caught on to become the global revolution that they wanted. So it sort of died out. But then Antonio Gramsci, he was this uh, Italian Marxist 
founder of the Italian Communist Party or co-founder, said, well, listen, if you observe the cultural revolutions that were successful or these Marxist revolutions, they started culturally. First, you overtake the civil institutions that the working class rely on to destabilize society. And then they're willing to actually revolt against the ruling class. Like the root of all of this is economically they're anti-capitalist. And then many, I mean, Many, if you if you analyze the Marxist or the communist ideology, that there's a spiritual aspect of it, too. I mean, the United States is being targeted because we are fundamentally a Christian nation built on Christian morals, built on Judeo-Christian morals. And Marxists can't stand that. Can you explain the difference between communism and Marxism? Yeah, it's essentially uh, this, the same thing. It's just a specific version of it. So communism is this false idea that there can be collective ownership of everything, that there is there's no private property. There's no one person in charge. It's just everybody owns everything. Marxism is uh, the tool to achieve that. So Marxism pits one class against another, one saying that, you know, the working class is oppressed. They are oppressed by the ruling class. And in order to achieve communism, Marxism is the revolutionary tactic. That's why it's important, I think, to differentiate between communism and the Marxists that are behind the Cultural Revolution here because they are trying to destabilize our society using that tactic to achieve communism. So there could be other tactics to achieve communism than Marxism, including perhaps economic um, technocracy, something yeah. where we're all the same in a machine. Yeah, Technocracy is. So that's actually really interesting. I have a whole chapter in my book about technocracy because technocracy is ruled by the experts, right? Like you, you can't you can't question Fauci because Fauci is the technocrat. The root of technocracy can be traced all the way back to French socialists and Russian Marxists who were part of the Bolshevik Revolution. There was a, a, a Russian Marxist who actually described technocracy as a stepping stone from capitalism to communism. Because this was always the problem for communists and Marxists, right? People aren't just going to wake up one day and be like, oh, cool, we live in a free society. Yes, I'd love to have communism. There has to be some frog in a pot of boiling water moment in a culture where people are slowly introduced, you know, incrementally into communism. Technocracy is a stepping stone for that. That's why we see it with the administrative state. We see it with Fauci. We see it with like, once you have kids, you see this all the time in like the pediatrician industry. You as a parent aren't allowed to question anything, anything from breastfeeding to co-sleeping to vaccines. You have to defer to the experts. It's everywhere. And it's conditioning people not to question, not to dissent, just to obey, which is the communist way. Are there historically uh, examples of, of nations or people going towards that communist route and then stopping and saying, hell no, realizing what's happening and turning Civil around? wars break out. Has it ever been a peaceful um, regurgitation? I, I, I think it's probably hard to cite examples because it wouldn't be documented as a significant moment if it just reversed itself and never really went that it's way. It's a good question, though, because it's kind of a chilling question if you think about it. If we can't sit here and name... A cultural revolution that headed or that was trying to transform a free society to a communist society, it means that often it wasn't stopped. It right. either wasn't significant enough or it wasn't stopped because the examples that I can think of are examples that took a relatively free or relatively religious society and turned it into oppression, tyranny and death. There's the inverse. There's Spain. The communists yeah. and the and the and the Republicans or the nationalists were fighting. And then it was the right that won that one. And same yeah. in, in, in Germany, the Nazis destroyed right. the communists. The Nazis, I mean, one of the principal components of their propaganda was to fight communism. Yeah, the Bolsheviks. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, I believe there's a way to do it peacefully with this technology, but I mean, it's owned by the technocrats, so I don't know how that works. That's, I'd like I mean, to say what I think online, guys. 
Sorry. That goes back to what I was saying before about like the augmented reality. That's why I I don't consider myself a cynic. I do consider myself a skeptic because I don't trust these people. I don't trust the like AI. People always talk about AI being this like sentient being, this like this this thing that can take over and think for itself. And I'm like, no, somebody is behind writing the algorithms of all of those things. And that somebody is someone whose ideology is very different than ours, who wants to use that to influence the way that we or our children or whoever think so that they can convince those people to act in certain ways that benefit their political ideology. You guys know Yuval Noah Harari? Yeah. He's with the uh, World Economic Forum. Yeah, such a creep. He does seem like that at first, and I I want to give him the benefit of that. He's just on Lex Friedman's podcast. Lex is hitting him out of the park. He just had Benjamin Netanyahu on. Now he has Yuval on the show. Good. You know, he's bridging the gap. He's willing to speak to people that might be the most outside, the, if you're not in the system, the most terrifying force on earth is this World Economic Forum trying to put people in pods and chip their brains and read their thoughts, pre-crime, stuff like that. But Yuval was talking about intelligence and consciousness and how... They're not really the same necessarily. We're building machines that are intelligent, but do they have consciousness? Doesn't they don't seem to? Um, boy, the question is really how do you how do you prove consciousness? That's yeah. He didn't have an answer for that either. It's such a. This is a, a great Star Trek episode where uh, Data the Android is effectively on trial because they're trying to determine whether or not he is a sentient being with rights or a washing machine. And so, as we're getting closer and closer to simulated and uh, simulated consciousness where we know we fabricated it, but we can't determine, like, I'll, I'll put it this way, with Chad D GPT and where we're headed with these video games, already you've got this mod on Skyrim where you can talk to a video game character and it will talk back using Chad GPT. We're a few years away from, I guess you can say passing the Turing test is something long since passed. What we're, we're getting to is you will be presented with two, 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 a microphone, and two speakers, and you'll be asked to ask a question, and then you tell us which one you think is real and which one you think is fake. Already, there's a game called, I think it's called Bot or Not or something like that, where you, it, what happens is you get placed in a random chat with, a, it's a green, it's a black screen with green text, and then it'll say, you start. You'll say something, the other person will say something back, then after like 30 seconds, it will say, was it a human or was it an AI? And you have to guess. Some people will pretend to be AI and try and make it seem so you guess wrong. We're going to get to the point where they're going to ask you, talk to this person and talk to this person. One of them is an AI. Can you figure out which one? And people are not going to be able to do it. What they'll probably have to do is more than just two because then you get a 50-50 thing. They'll have to do like 10 and they'll have one AI in there and then they'll see what percentage people can accurately guess which one's the AI. But once we get to that point, where people cannot, and I think we're really close to that already, then there's going to be a question of what is sentience at all. Because if you walk up to a person on the street and you say, are you alive? They say, of course. Like, do you think? Of course I do. Uh, do you believe in God? Yes, absolutely. What are these questions for? This is ridiculous. Who are you? Why are you asking these questions? What if we then did the same thing, but it was an AI robot? You walk up down the street, it looks just like a human because we've synthesized them. Jeez. Answers all the questions perfectly. How do you then determine who is real and who is if not? If an AI doesn't know it's an AI and it thinks it's alive and real, you've got to give it rights. I mean, you've got to treat it. This, but the AI will be networked. It's one me. AI, not not a, a, when you see that individual and you ask, "Are you alive?" and says, "Yes," you're actually looking at a gigantic mass, not a single person. You're just looking at a computer. This this is why I always have to bring it back to religion. I know that so many Republicans and conservatives and red pilled people don't want to marry religion and politics, and I get that. 
But you can't have these existential, we can't answer these existential questions if you don't have some baseline foundational beliefs about reality, right? Like sentience is determined by if you're a human being, if you're made in the image and likeness of God. Again, it doesn't mean you have to worship God, but if you can't answer that baseline question, then you're going to you're gonna mistake a machine for a real person and try to get a machine rights. Like, really, do you think a robot should have rights? Like, no, nobody thinks that. There was but, a, a case I covered, sorry to pick off, uh, no, go ahead. a little bit. Uh, last year, it was in May of 22, where this, um, it's called the uh, Non-Human Rights Project. They sued to have this um, elephant named Happy freed from the zoo that she lives in. They said it's a one-acre prison. And, and Happy, unlike other elephants, has passed a self-awareness test because Happy had, they put an X on Happy's forehead. So legally, the elephant is regarded as a thing, right? It's not doesn't have rights because it's not a human. Um, it obviously deserves to be well cared for and whatever else, but it's not entitled to rights the same humans are. So they said it passed the self-awareness test because there was a white X on its forehead and it used its trunk to touch it when looking in the mirror. So therefore, it's aware of itself. And that therefore, you know, it's entitled to rights over where it lives and things like that. And I, I found this really interesting because obviously, I mean, we should, you're a Catholic, we could maybe make you talk about it, but uh, sometimes people will, will write in and uh, when James is here, he has to define the differences between different types of souls, right? This idea that something is aware of itself, that it has intelligence, that it's able to react to something, is that the same thing as consciousness? Is that the same thing as what humans experience? And whenever we talk about it in terms of AI and robots, I think of this conversation in terms of happy the elephant. AI bots will get human rights and will be regarded identically to any other biologically born human for one simple reason, we cannot share experiences. Therefore, the default legal position would have to be to protect the innocent. And if you can't determine whether or not someone is art, an artificial intelligence or an actual person, then they m both must be treated as though they are real people who are deserving of rights, which means there will be online bots that will be protected legally in terms of the First Amendment. There will be if we ever get to the point of human like androids that are indistinguishable from humans, you will not be able to violate the Fourth Amendment rights of someone by scanning their bodies or something to see well, if they are. Or aren't. I could imagine giving them personhood. I don't know about human rights. Nope. Like it's not about not human. It's not about saying robots deserve human rights. It's about saying I cannot accuse someone of being a robot and then use a scanner on them because that violates their privacy. If they're coming into a private establishment, yes, but not in public. So you will have AI androids walking around. Do you around. want to live in a society like that? Or do you think that we should push back against that as a society? I don't want to live in a society like that, but I don't think there is a, I don't, I don't think there's any way around it. It's impossible. I think it's like Blade Runner. Yeah. The, the idea of sentience and consciousness is really, they're terms that have been used to replace like the human person, right? We don't want to think of the human person as what the human person is, right? We're constantly dehumanizing people. We're either treating each other as objects. We're thinking of ourselves as just the top of the food chain. We're not thinking, oh, the human person is different from animals because the human person is an embodied soul. We are both organic creatures and also spiritual beings. And if we allow like science, who I assume is like the ones coining sentience and consciousness to redefine what makes us a person versus the spiritual reality of what makes us a person, then we are going to descend in that into that kind of chaos. Like it's inevitable. But we shouldn't allow that to happen. I mean, I, re I reject the idea of sentience and consciousness as a barometer for or a standard for giving someone rights, because think about an infant. No, the, like a then, zero but, to three but, month old has neither of those two things. Think about somebody who's mentally disabled. The moment, 
then, then when you can prove souls exist, we can determine who gets rights and who doesn't. But that's the basis of our country was built on the belief that they do. That's so, the thing. Like what I'm presenting here is not a new idea. It's not a religious. It's not so me being is, like a Bible thumper. It's like our constitution acknowledged. I mean, even our declaration of so independence, Thomas is, Jefferson said we were by our creator, right? So, endowed by our creator. And so the problem is if two people walk up to a cop and they both look indistinguishable from each other and they both point at the other and say they're a robot, what's the cop to do? Is he going to pull out his soul detection system to figure out which one's worthy of human rights and which one isn't? Or is or what if he says, you know what, you're both robots and then shoots them both? Uh oh, one was a human. Turns out the cop was the robot the whole time. What if the cop <laughs> what if the cop says, I'm going to use this scanning device on you? And the person says, that's a violation of my Fourth Amendment rights. You can't use that. But on if me. you have nothing to hide, then why would you say doesn't no? matter? Fourth Amendment. No, you, you need a warrant. You need probable cause for a search like that. You can't just walk up to me and do it. And the cop says, I don't care about your rights because you might be a robot scan. Oops, it was a human. Well, this is why I wouldn't give them human rights. But personhood like corporations are people legally. So I can see why. And you're saying elephant. They're giving elephants personhood. Uh, New York ruled against it. Ultimately. OK, I think in India they did something like that with dolphins and elephants as well. So weird. So like a, if we're going to give no, no, corporations no, personhood, then we can give I got a, a, AI person. I got a complaint about this. A Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Legitimate complaint. Okay. We were hanging out in West Virginia, in, in Charleston. We hang out in West Virginia all the time. We're in uh, Charleston, not Charlestown. Charleston's like five hours from here. And we were checking out the, the, the Capitol complex and they had this big fence put up. It said no trespassing. And you know what I saw? I saw, a, was, I think it was a, a pigeon flew right over the fence and landed Arrested right on the other side, the spot. mocking me. And I looked at the pigeon and I said, how come the pigeon's allowed to go on the other side? And I'm and that serious question. I, as a human being of soul and mind, am barred from stepping on the other side of this fence for some arbitrary reason. But the animal is free from from the for the consequences of law. We don't care at all that these animals are coming and going as they please, pooping wherever they want. So with see? great intelligence comes great responsibility. That's right. This is called but, pigeon philosophy. But this is my actual point. It's a serious question. Animals actually have uh, uh, certain exceptions in the law to do things that humans cannot do. Humans are more restricted than pigeons. Mm -hmm. Pigeons can quite literally eat whatever they want and crap wherever they want and go wherever they want. And that's it. In and they, fact, some migratory birds, you can't even touch. It's a federal crime. I guess I the an animals that were happy. really bad, we just eradicated them. They, we, we made them That's extinct. what I'm saying. Ducks are protected. Not all, but say? some ducks. Okay, this is my answer. So the type of freedom that animals enjoy could be described as absolute freedom, right? Someone threatens their family, they kill them. Go wherever you want. It's like it's 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 anarchy, right? Well, the well, animal well, kingdom is anarchy. Quick point: If a bear or a mountain lion protecting its family kills a person, they will hunt it down and kill it. Okay. Yeah. So that 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 you know. But if you're like a duck, and someone goes near your babies, and then the duck, uh, let's say I shouldn't say your duck, but if a duck, if you go near a duck's babies and it starts attacking you, they're gonna yell at you and be like, "Get away from the duck's babies." Yeah, which is. 
kind of ridiculous. I think we can agree. I mean, it's kind of like that comparison that if you break the egg of a bald eagle, you're liable under federal crime, but you can abort, you <laughs> can abort a, a human child and, and you're allowed to do that. Yeah, that's exactly it right there. If you step on a turtle egg on accident, you'll get in trouble, but you can abort a baby outright at any point in Colorado. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Humans have less rights than animals. Mm-hmm. Some animals, like cows, have less rights than humans. We've don't get me like, wrong. We've got less freedom. <laughs> animals don't have any rights. But that's the thing. That's well, my that's, point. Is it's not less freedom. Well, it's different freedom. No, 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 no. It's rights. a different yeah, definition a different of, of freedom. Because right, rights are not granted. Like, granted right. by our creator. Humans don't grant rights. We have rights. Right. Animals can travel around. They can defend themselves. They can seek shelter. They can say whatever they want. Granted, it's limited to squawking and growling. They can do all of that. They can defend themselves. If you start climbing up towards a bird's nest and the bird starts pecking your head, that bird is not going to be harmed in any way by anyone. In fact, humans will yell at you for having done it. <laughs> if you grab the egg from a bird's nest and throw it, your neighbors will probably get really, really mad at you and complain about what you did. But you can quite literally, this is a hilarious thing. What do you think would happen if a woman who was eight months pregnant in Colorado was walking into an abortion clinic and before she went in, she just smashed a bunch of duck eggs. People would say, how dare you smash those duck eggs? Why, why are you harming those baby ducks? And then she goes, no sorry about way. that. And then, and then she goes inside and right. So the reason I think, and so all of this is so funny. It is true. I mean, <laughs> it's true. It's funny because it's true, but it's also because humans aren't governed by absolute freedom. We have an acknowledgement that we are supposed to live within some sort of moral order. So perhaps smashing duck eggs for no reason or shooting a bald eagle just to make it a trophy or harming an animal or, or you know, killing an endangered species, we as a society acknowledge that that's an immoral thing, which is why our actions are governed by a government that's supposed to be comprised of ourselves. And so we're supposed to live in some kind of order. We're not supposed to live in anarchy the but way that animals do. How do we create the moral structure sociologically, literally with this technology in modern day? How, what do you propose? You mean, how do we define morality? Yeah. Well, luckily, I don't have to be the one that answers that question in the sense that I don't have to write that code. We don't have to decide that in a populist manner. I mean, the way that our government was already created was to be governed by morality as defined by original. Edmund Burke called it original justice, which is natural law. So natural law is your ability to reason as a human being, my ability to reason. We know that it's immoral to go out and be a serial killer. We know that not because it's not because it's socialized into us, but we know that that's inherently wrong. Um, we, we are able actually to discern right from wrong without being taught. That's why the Marxists try to indoctrinate our children so young so that they can twist our natural, our, our understanding of reason or our reason in, in being able to discern natural law. So our society should be based, our laws and our, our moral order should be based on natural law. Again, not forcing anyone to worship any God that they don't want to, but the laws of our society should be based on the definition of right and wrong and justice and liberty as already defined by our creator. What about like um, starving family, stealing food? Is that, you think that's punishable by, like they used to kill people for that kind of thing, but desperate times, you know, but like, what do you, is that moral or just for a starving family to steal food? Well, that seems a little hyperbolic. It seems like the exception to the rule and not the rule. If we have a society that's based on moral order, there should be other recourse before before that's necessary. I mean, no, I don't think that killing someone for stealing food is a just punishment. But theoretically, but, a moral society would have other people who feel obligated to help those who are yeah, less. And I, but, I mean, but don't make the mistake of comparing ancient law to modern context. 
stealing food 2000 years ago, you would be killing the person you stole the food mm -hmm. from. Food was harder to come by. People were more str strained and someone who was selling food like food was accounted for. So if yeah. you if you were like, I'm starving, so I'm going to steal from you. It's like you are sentencing my family to death. Yeah, that's actually a really good point, because now it's like, well, you're too lazy to get a job or you wanted something that was too expensive for you or you're not behaving the way that you're supposed to be behaving. Like or, Our society or, is abundant with resources. There's no reason that anyone should be stealing food now. You can get help. You can. I mean, I'm a conservative and I still believe in a limited government welfare safety net for people who can't help themselves right like we all do we're all we all believe well, in and like soup kitchens are, are typically run by religious food or community, banks food banks or community yeah. organizations like we formed other ways to help people in need it's not yeah. like you you either starve or you steal exactly. right we we have other options here uh, i think it's too reductionist to say that like those are the only options i want to no I one's jump being sentenced to, uh, like that in subject. Our... go ahead no, no yeah. go finish go finish well the last Part. I was just going to talk about intelligence, sentience, and consciousness again, those three words and how they form into the totalitarian step towards communism. But I, it's a long let's, conversation. Let's, let's talk a, a bit about philosophy and religion. We do the members portion because I, I do want to talk about a news segment for our last segment before Super Chats. We have this tweet from Matthew Iglesias, and he asks an interesting question. He says, I'm a very literal minded person, but I don't understand the idea of a guy currently losing the race for the GOP presidential nomination debating a Democrat who isn't running. I want to pause real quick and say, just because DeSantis may be dropping in polls doesn't mean he shouldn't be debating anybody. No, I mean, he's trying to win, so he's going to do this. But it is an interesting question of why Ron DeSantis, who's in second uh, place, is debating a guy who's not running for office. So we have the, the story here from Politico. DeSantis agrees to debate Gavin Newsom on Fox News. The California governor has been trying to get his Florida Republican counterpart to engage on Wednesday. He got it. OK, so serious question. Why do you guys think these guys are in a debate? Like, what's the point? Well, I think you mentioned it before the show. I mean... I think they are both trying to gain attention. I think that they both would ultimately like to be the people who are facing off on the ticket. I think if they had done this at the height of COVID when they both had such different strategies, it would be a really interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. For now, it just seems like their establishments are trying to rally around them and make it seem like they are really the people in charge. Especially interesting because Joe Biden is the incumbent. Yeah, this strikes me as like a, a measuring contest. They're going to whip it out and see who has a bigger GDP. <laughs> <laughs> Whose state's bigger. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. I think that's what they're going to do. California is going to, Newsom's going to be like, in California, we did this, and Ron's going to be like, you got poop in the streets everywhere. <laughs> I hope he does say that. Yeah, I really I think this would have been so much more interesting if this was done six months ago before DeSantis announced that he was running for president. Yeah. Because this is a legitimate debate, how California handled COVID versus how Florida handled COVID. If you could have two states that are like, case studies against each other, it would be It'd great. Be yeah, yeah, and the American people really want to know that. And a critique of Ron DeSantis since he launched his campaign is this is what he should have launched his campaign on. Absolutely. Instead of attacking Trump personally or having his surrogates attack Trump, he should have just constantly been talking about what they did during COVID and people could make the comparison for themselves without feeling that he or his people were attacking mm -hmm. Trump. So maybe this is his attempt to reset his campaign since it was kind of a slow rollout to... To use a kind word there, I, DeSantis, I think, is just so bitter that Joe Biden is going to be the nominee for 2024. He just can't believe it. DeSantis I, I, or Newsom? I, or Newsom, yeah. I think Newsom. Newsom's going to be the Democrats guy. Yeah, this looks like this is Newsom's coming out party. This is like him announcing he's going to run for president, basically. Why would yep. he be debating a vice, a presidential candidate? And I, I said this last night, and I'll say it again. The best possible scenario for Democrats is Joe Biden at a rally. Newsom is there as a surrogate just in support. Health issue affects Joe Biden, panicked in front of a, a crowd and in front of television. Newsom runs full speed to render first aid. Panic ensues. 
Newsom then does the press rounds of the guy. What was it like? What was going through like your rolling mind? Rolling up his sleeves. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Taking the jacket off, losing his tie, yeah. and then screaming for help, and then putting on every single television network. What was it like when you when you saved the president's life? That is the best case scenario Democrats could have to get this guy in the race. I would also like to, I think that is the best case scenario. It makes me wonder, as we know, Joe Biden famously spends most of his weekends, almost all of them in Delaware, where one could maybe potentially get secret medical treatment. Uh, I wonder if there will be, I'm just going to say, I don't know. I'm just, uh, it's just hypothetical. Uh, I wonder if sort of along the same lines, we're going to get an announcement that tragically uh, Joe Biden has some sort of terminal illness that won't allow him to continue. So though he wanted to, we've got to have someone else come forward and this will place Newsom as the obvious contender. It depends on how sneaky and capable you think Democrats are. Because if Joe Biden says, I'm sick, that's really damaging for the Democrats as a brand. They're they're a sickly leader and they were forced to replace him. Gavin Newsom then then steps into the fray as a second tier Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Nah, it's not going to fly. Trump is winning in the polls. And even with the scenario described, I do not see a landslide possibility, right? You'd think about going, you go back in time when the country is a bit more cohesive, a president having a heart attack on stage and someone running out and saving his life with CPR, that guy's going to have an approval rating in the the 80s Mm -hmm. or 90s. And he says something like, I may disagree. We may be political rivals, but we were all Americans and they're going to be screaming and cheering. Even with something like that, Democrats would not be able to muster landslide level votes because people are torn apart. People hate the Democrats. But if the Democrat route is Joe Biden is weak and bows out, Trump wins. I, I don't think you're wrong. I'm just saying it's probably, again, depending on what they're they're able to stage, it's probably simpler if they just say Joe Biden has to exit. He's not going to be around. There, Super simple, opposite. but failing. Yeah. Like, they'd lose face if they did that. I think Newsom. I just don't know what the odds are. Like I just, said, we got to check the calendar, see when they're going to appear on stage together and, and all get prepared to, to watch. If the they event. do, if they do. Um, I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just like, look, if you were to ask me, we, t- we talk about January 6th, that that video comes out where the police chief is basically saying someone may have wanted this to happen. It's a cover up. January 6th was the best thing for Democrats. It's giving them everything. It's giving them the Insurrection Act to, to remove people from office. They got that guy, Coy Griffin, I think his name was, removed from office. They, they, they said, oh, he was an insurrectionist. Now they're indicting Trump. They, are, they did the January 6th committees. It may not be as effective as they hope it is, but it is their weapon. Mm-hmm. Thinking in that context, I've said, if Donald Trump did not stop the rioting on, on May 29th in D.C., he'd still be president because the narrative would be inverted. In that same context, I'm thinking forward. What could the Democrats do that would guarantee a victory or, or at least to a certain degree, rapidly accelerate their possibility of winning? And it's Gavin Newsom on camera on every major network performing CPR on Joe Biden mm-hmm. and saving his life. It also explains why he would leapfrog Kamala Harris. There's the one. Exactly. There's one Democrat. And, why, and, and how they get Joe Biden out of the race and Gavin mm-hmm. in as the front runner. There's one Democrat who doesn't want Joe Biden to bow out. One. Jill. No, Joe Biden. This is a quote from Barack Obama in November of 2020. This is what he said. If I could make an arrangement where I had a stand in or a front man or front woman to be president (laughs) and they had an earpiece in and I was just in my basement in my sweats looking through the stuff and I could sort of deliver the lines while someone was doing all the talking and ceremony, I'd be fine with that. And Joe Biden was like, I'm your man. Don't even worry about it. No, they were like, Joe Biden, you're the man. But it doesn't have to be Joe Biden. Oh, no way that he would let Barack Obama control him via an earpiece. Absolutely, he would. Newsom is a lizard person. I mean, that figuratively media matters calm down. He's going to be like, tell me whatever. Tell me. Tell me what to do, because he he's just a slimy guy who wants power. He didn't care.
I think there's two different camps of Democrats, though. There's like the Chicago, the corrupt Chicago people. And then there's the California people, right? Like Nancy mm -hmm. Pelosi came from California politics. Schumer came from California politics. Like um, these and Newsom and Pelosi are like indirectly related, right? Am I totally wrong? Are they? I'm going to double check that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, not it, it wasn't Schumer. It was um, Adam Schiff came from California, not, yeah. not Schumer. Schumer's in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, there's like this 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 California breed of Democrats who are very radical left. And then there's the Chicago breed. And they're kind of in competition with each other because they both want to be the leaders of the Democrats in Washington, D.C. So I don't think that he would listen to Barack Obama the way that Biden would. So like the Clinton Obama camp, Biden, mm -hmm. all that is, is you, that's like a unique kind of structure within that system. And then there's mm -hmm. a, other people like that's interesting. Uh, Newsom was his uncle by marriage was Nancy Pelosi's brother-in-law. So they were at really? one point very indirectly related. I will say- that, they, they, they do have a lot in common. You know, mm -hmm. they both uh, didn't wear masks when they instructed everyone else to. Yeah. In I California. Mean, they can do whatever yeah. they want. I will say, I actually am super open. I, I am critical of debates because I feel like these big stage, you know, you have six, 12 candidates on where they scream at each other and try to get their viral moments. It's not effective. We're not learning anything about policy. It, it's, it's whatever. But- I think one-on-one -on -one debates, I mean, you see this with culture war, can be really effective. And having governors face off, especially on issues where their states in particular become representations of cultural differences, that would be super cool. Yeah, like, I would I love to see the governor of Washington debate the governor of Idaho on the abortion travel law, right? There are things that could be good about this format. I'm just saying right now, this is obviously playing into the presidential there, candidate as opposed to the, wel the welfare of their states. There are two factions in this country that we here at Timcast are unable to book. And it is prominent leftist personalities and the DeSantis campaign. I had someone tell me that they don't want to come on IRL, uh, someone who's for DeSantis say, well, you know, IRL's too pro-Trump, so it's not even worth going on. But I feel like it is worth coming on to at least talk about it. But they're, it's so they weird. feel like they're walking into a hostile environment. We had, we had Lance from the Surfs and Vosh come on this show. You know, we had uh, 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 Emma from the, the Majority Report come on the show, but it, it's it's. What it, would you it, ask them if they came on the show? We would we would have any DeSantis supporter on the show the same as we're having you on the show, and we would talk about the exact same things. But they've explicitly said they won't have people on the show, and so we we're actually supposed to have a big culture war uh, show, not this week, next week, debating between two supporters of DeSantis, uh, a DeSantis supporter and a Trump supporter, and the DeSantis supporter just said he wants to back out because he's now back in Trump. <laughs> and we're, we were trying to get someone from DeSantis' campaign. We can't do it. Because yeah. I think that's actually what they won't I, do I it. feel like you want in particular, but, you know, to have a variety of opinions. That's actually better. We I think you never really want to be a part of the echo chamber. And that's why you need to have people from both sides. It's interesting that they are it is, choosing even though the invitation is open. It yeah. is It is funny that we are. it's easier for us to get leftists than it is to get DeSantis supporters. You got to say they'll do it. To be fair, to be we had John Cardillo on the show, right? So it's not like we don't get any, of course, and he and he stated his case. The and, weird part is I can't tell the difference between Cardillo and anybody else. Like I don't care the pol <laughs> I really don't mind the politics. You know, I would love to debate Marxism with the Marxist. I want to know more about it. Like tell me. Yeah, tell me, tell I me. think that's the thing. You want to have more information, and especially like if you had someone who was on the the DeSantis campaign here, we could ask more specific questions about what's going on, and they could answer them. Yeah, I'm a manifest. So if we start manifesting, they will come on. We might. So what we're thinking for the next uh, tomorrow, we have Alex Stein and Modine coming on. Are they going to fight right here at this table? Fire. No, <laughs> but uh, I don't even I don't know. We'll see what happens with the show. But then the next week, 
The question was, do we ask the former Trump's uh, former DeSantis supporter, now Trump supporter to just bow out and we'll find someone who's backing DeSantis? Or do we actually just keep the booking as it is and then hear the arguments as to why he no longer does and why he did? It's tough because there's there are a few people we could I could probably reach out to John Cardell and ask him if he wants to come on and debate pro DeSantis. Uh, I think Kurt Schlichter might be a, a DeSantis supporter. I'm not entirely sure. There's a handful that are that are, you know, in the bag for uh, uh, in the corner for DeSantis. I don't know. What do you guys think? Should we just keep it as it is and hear why this guy no longer supports DeSantis or should we try and get somebody else? I think Cardillo would be interesting just because he was mm. so gung ho. I wonder if he's still as gung ho as he was in the past. I'm just going to I'm just going to say who it is. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I'll, 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 I won't I won't say who the person is who's no longer backing DeSantis because that's their private yeah. business yeah, to yeah. announce. But Laura Loomer will be coming on and then we are looking for someone who is a DeSantis supporter. So I I feel like it would be interesting to hear this person's perspective of why they were for DeSantis and then change in terms of a debate, like to keep that spirit of culture war alive. I do feel like you have to find someone from the DeSantis camp and like, well, they won't do it. Well, the question is like, I agree. You've had a lot of people on, like maybe there are DeSantis people who have been on the show before who would be willing to do it. If John Cardillo, maybe, maybe, I mean, I think it would be more interesting for a debate if someone was like, already very committed to the DeSantis camp, to, committed to the Trump camp. It's not going to be really that same. It's not going to be a yeah. debate mm-hmm. if it's the other way. The, the perspective of going from one to the other is interesting. Well, and theoretically, you could have both. You could have a different debate where it's this this person who's gone from being supportive of DeSantis to moving to Trump and, and the opposite. This, this is actually look- why I think it's silly for people to get into camp this early. Like, mm-hmm. you don't know how a candidate's going to behave. You don't know what's well, going to happen. Well, the primary is like in March, isn't it? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, but it's coming up. I feel Isn't like it wait, that's August eight right months now? away. That's eight months from now. Like, when did DeSantis even announce? I mean, Pence announced in ago, June. Two I, months ago. Like, that's that's quick to be like entirely committed to one candidate like oh. i'm gonna vote in the republican primary i don't know who but, i'm gonna vote for and i'm not in like any rush to make this decision like i want to let the whole thing play out it's why i don't like early voting yeah. the, like the, a lot of things happen lo- no one in my view is more committed to trump's campaign than laura loomer true I, like 10 out of 10 there, there are people who are fans of trump but like laura is and year after year 100, laura has been consistent for a long time and going 100 miles an hour and I'd love to have a show with one of Trump's most ardent supporters and one of DeSantis's most one of DeSantis's most ardent supporters, but we cannot get DeSantis's most ardent supporters. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do we, it. We can. You got to manifest that they want it. Just start saying they want and to come I, on. I think we should just comb back through who's been on IRL and see like if they'd be willing to come on. Because I think some of it is, I would at least personally like if you're not aware of what the environment's like, feeling like you're going into a place that like already hates you. I mean, that takes a lot of nerve. The, the, the unfortunate issue is that the people... Not that we hate DeSantis supporters. That's not it. <laughs> the DeSantis supporters, I'll just keep this vague as I can. People we've had on the show before who are now in the DeSantis camp are barred from coming on the show. That's it. End of like story. Like you think it's a top-down directive that DeSantis... I don't think. I know. That DeSantis' camp has... Forbade people from coming on the show. That seems crazy. Like yep. seems crazy to me. I feel like you would want to have the ideas, like have people ask questions. Like... I hate that. that. That makes me like very sad. For Do you think it would be hostile party. to a DeSantis 
campaign surrogate if they were on the show? No, it'd be fucking awesome. We we, we had we had Top John level. Cardello on the show, and there was yeah, there strange. was there was some some issue. It'd be so awesome, and that was recently. That was a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. or like a month ago, or something. Get Vivek involved. Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis have talks. That's, what the, okay. that's now, what the Republican debate should be. It's just a a, a, a table around here. Mm -hmm. Everyone, three hours. I mean, Tim, so, you're moderating. Well, we <laughs> are we are organizing for the culture war. Uh, some of the presidential candidates to come on all at the same time, and and that'd be so cool. And so I think we've got a few who have said yes already. That's but awesome. uh, I'm really hoping Marion Williamson will come. I love. So I'm a big fan. She's that'd fantastic. Be so cool. Yeah. So I won't say too much about that because I was like, you know, talking to Lisa Reynolds. She does the booking. I was like, if we get more than three people, we have to get an auditorium and do like a big thing. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. but it would be cool if it was just sitting on a table and everyone kind of just like talking at each other. Would be a, it's a better form. Yeah. You know. It's like more. It's like raw. It's like real. There's yeah. no echo. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like hello. Yeah. Big auditorium. I mean, that's cool, but it would be. It's it's it would be really great just to have like Vivek. Like if Vivek was talking with Marion Williamson, it's going to be a polite, cordial conversation about these issues. Yeah, it, it would be a fantastic, quote unquote, debate because they're going to be professional and polite and have a real conversation with each other in front of people, mm -hmm. as opposed to this current system that we've been doing where it's like question for you and you can respond. You have one minute to answer. Nah. Is that here's, what this the, here's the million dollar question is if you had all the uh, Republican candidates sitting around the table, who would you sit next to each other? How would you sit them? Just right here, honestly, mm -hmm. I'd probably just tell them to sit wherever they wanted to sit. Yeah, it'd be interesting mm. to see where they pick themselves. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like Donald. Be like, you can sit at the head of the table, Donald, because it's the <laughs> chair we use the least. But he wouldn't know. I mean, you'd be like, that's, no, no. It's that's the, if, well, if, I think if you're some people who watch the show know this is like the the normal chair that yeah. people sit in. So if, it'd be if, I'd be curious. Yeah, but the American flag. I know it. I mean, I personally love this chair. How do you actually yeah, you do have a debate? Sick background. How you debate Trump and win is in this format. Yep. The stage format is Trump's battlefield. He yep. owns that. Mm -hmm. He Insert can cut you off. CNN Town Hall. Yep. He can, he can cut you off. He can mock you. They give him the opportunity for, for a button. And he'll cut you off. But in a situation like this, he would play very, very well. Yeah. But it's a different... You, you'd get someone talking loudly and then they'd go back and forth. He'd listen a lot. You'd see the humanity in him, which I think like is You'd have to tell stage. him to wear his golf outfits, you know, like yeah, wear his, his golf hat and his collared shirt. Like, don't come in here in like the power suit. We're going to go to Super <laughs> Chat. So if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and head over to TimCast.com, click join us, become a member, and you'll get access to our uncensored members-only portion of the show. We do those Monday through Thursday at 10 p.m. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about moral philosophy and religion. Because we do this periodically, and I think I always love an opportunity to do so. But I really want to talk about the structure of government, who we vote for, why, and what we need in this country as it pertains to ethics, morals, religious, and spiritual values. So that'll be a deep conversation. And you as members get to call in. So sign up today. Let's read. I'm not your buddy guy, says, the biggest reason why I believe 2020 was genuine fraud is because, A, a month prior to the election, the Google trending search was penalties for voter fraud. And B, the response after 2020 I mean, it was like Anthony Weiner defending himself and the Clinton body count absurd. If anything, there needs to be a deep dive into the intel community and what they do, as I would not be surprised if decades ago they tried to cheat communists from winning. I hear you. I hear that. Uh, well, Vivek is filing these DOJ uh, FOIA requests to, to figure out what they were saying to each other and pertain uh, 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 relating to the indictments of Donald Trump. That's fantastic. All right. Voice of the People says, of course, it was a cover up. Remember Pelosi's coup attempt? Why was her daughter filming that day? What did she mean by she's waiting for that moment? Why did she block the National Guard? 
Interesting questions. She did literally say that, I believe, right? The, she uh, said waiting for that moment or something. Yeah. There's there, th th This is a, a light context. To truly understand these specific phrases, you got to look into the deeper stories about what they actually mean. It's like hard to just condense all those things into talking points. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim, Biden gets sent to the farm. So Newsom is the nominee. Trump is convicted and can't run. So DeSantis is the nominee. That's why they're debating. It's all part of the deep state uniparty plan. I'm not saying, uh, you know, I, 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 I think it's a possibility. But it doesn't mean that Newsom and DeSantis are in on it. It means that Newsom wants to run. He hasn't announced yet because Biden's still in the way. But I believe it's a fair point that the intelligence agencies would love to have DeSantis versus uh, Newsom. Biden is too weak, probably can't win. DeSantis is going to get elected and then he's going to compromise in the same way Trump did. We all said, oh, drain the swamp. DeSantis says he's going to start firing deep state right away. He probably will. But he's going to go to these people and he's going to say, look, we don't want war. We want to set some policies. We'll do our thing. And then they'll say, yeah, sure, no problem. And then it'll be Trump all over again. The only reason I consider Trump for round two is because he wants revenge. DeSantis hasn't yet experienced that. So I'm not I, I think it really comes down to. Well, I'll put it this way. Trump is more likely to fire people than DeSantis is, in my opinion, because he wants revenge. And then everyone says, but you didn't do it in the first place. And I'm like, yeah, but now he wants revenge. Like, that's the key factor here. And then the issue with DeSantis is his campaign is mismanaged. And so I'm not super confident anymore. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Gary G says, Tim, what kind of watch is that? Looks cool. This is the, uh, what is it, Garmin? Phoenix Pro. So uh, we were hanging out with Luke when I was at Tijuana and he had one of these. I don't know if he had this one specifically. He had a bigger one. And it does a lot of health tracking stuff, which is actually pretty good. And then he made fun of my analog watch. And I was like, you know what? I'll get one of these. It's actually, it's really cool because for uh, fitness training, first of all, it's solar powered. So not the battery lasts like a month. That's crazy. But uh, it's got a flashlight on it too. Look at this. It's got a light. You see that? That's, That's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, super crazy. A little flashlight on the watch. But um, you just double tap, it turns on. But it tracks in simple language my, uh, um, my exercise routine. So for instance, I skated pretty heavily on Monday. And then it showed me what degree of recovery I'm at throughout the day and the level like the level of intensity I'm, I'm i should be you know uh exercising at to maintain maximum recovery and i got wiped out on monday skated for like two hours super intense nonstop. took a break on tuesday on wednesday yesterday i was pretty tired pretty sore but it said moderate exercise capable and it made sense because i was a little sore and then I skated as hard as possible, and it gave me a warning. This white screen popped up, and it was like, you are overexerting yourself. Your recovery time is being extended. Human, bow to us. And then Do I was not like, move. well, well I, I just kept skating. Like, what I, it, it can tell me I can't, but my point is, it tracked all of this data and is explaining to me uh, you know, a lot of the basic data. So I like it. It's just a smartwatch. This is why I Lasts don't use time. it because it tracks the data. I don't get it. You and Luke are both really like libertarian outspoken about like no world economic form. We're not going to get in your pod. But like, why do you track your biometrics? Because that's sending it right to them. I think that's the hard thing because I there are times that it's really interesting like to it. know how your body's responding. It's massively your valuable data. I agree. Right. And, and, and like, is there a way to unhook it from it's being sent to the AI? Well, but listen, there's a laser on the back of this. And it's uh, scanning like the blood moving through my wrist. That's how it tracks everything. Your oxygen levels, your heart rate variability, your heart rate. Heart rate's the easiest one, obviously. It's tracking data points we can't perceive as humans. There will come a time, and we're, we're very, very close to this already, where you'll buy the watch, you'll put it on, and then after a week, it'll say, we, after analyzing your data, 
we have found that you have these, you know, these uh, markers and it'll be like pre-diabetic. It'll say mm. potential cancer at this age, you know, heart health issues at this age. It can see things in the data that we can't notice. But when, when enough people use these health trackers, pros and cons, man, I totally get it. Mass spying versus, you know, AI benefit. If everybody used this, the, the, the network would know, OK, all diabetics have this level of X. All cancer patients have this level of X. And then when you put it on, it'll be able to diagnose you instantly. You know, better go to a doctor. It'll just be like, based on everything we know about humans, you have this problem and you need this medicine. If it's an honest AI, but if the code is proprietary, I could see it being like, uh oh, they watched one of our commercials and it's making them stressed and <laughs> I cancerous. I was going to say, Let's you forgot about the part of the algorithm that's like, you're white, so you can go to the back of the line for the medical care that you need. Well, I'm not, so I'm I'm cool. You know, I, I, I get. I get <laughs> oh, you're to, gonna pull that one quarter thing right now. <laughs> one quarter say. thing. <laughs> when I need to, absolutely. Me too. Except. All right, all right. Let's read some more. We got Max Reddick. He says you should have Destiny back on to talk about Joe Biden's quid pro quo. He seems to think you are wrong. Destiny is completely wrong. He's biased. Um, there's there's no question when you like there, there's no honest assessment where you can look at Devin Archer saying we were selling the brand of the Bidens and Joe Biden's on the phone. That's Hunter Biden and Burisma executives called D.C. because the prosecutor was putting pressure on us. And then Joe Biden went and got the prosecutor fired. There's no sane, reasonable person who is being honest who can say that Joe Biden's intentions were completely coincidental. I think somebody so was happened saying to be that way. That, Whoops. That the prosecutor was so bad he wouldn't fire anybody. So they got rid of him. That's just nonsense because the prosecutor they brought in shut down all the all of the investigations. So Burisma is being investigated. By Victor Shokin, Hunter Biden and the, and the execs call D.C., D.C., which Devin Archer, I guess, was implying it was in, in, innuendo for call Biden. Joe Biden's on the phone with Hunter and his business partners. There is no way Joe did not know what was going on. Joe then flies personally to Ukraine and says, fire the prosecutor or else. They make this argument where they're like, but the but Victor Shokin wasn't doing the investigations. That's why he had to get rid of him. And then I'm like. And then after they got rid of Shokin, they brought in someone who was solid, says Joe Biden. And that guy who was solid shut down the investigations into Burisma. Then when Donald Trump got on the phone with, uh, I think it was Poroshenko at the time, I'm not sure. And he said, what's going on with this, this video that's going, we see this video of Joe Biden saying this. What is this? I'd like it if you can look into this, let people know you're looking into it. And then what happens? Mykola Zlochevsky, the founder of Burisma, flees the country again. That's weird. He had fled the country when Victor Shokin was investigating. When Shokin gets removed, he comes back. When Donald Trump steps in, he flees the country again. No sane, rational person who's being honest is 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 gonna is gonna believe that Joe Biden was doing something honest. We got to have Destiny back on. And by the way, Anytime. Joe I Biden like admitted this on video after the Obama administration. He literally got on stage and was like, "Yeah, we threatened to withhold money if they didn't if they didn't fire this prosecutor." And man, yep. within an hour, it happened. Like. It, he said it himself. But you, but you said it. You said it right there. Yeah. This yep. isn't even inference. Like, and he the, said it. And the response people give on the left is, but it was the policy of the United States. And it's like, okay. So the vice president can threaten to withhold congressionally approved loan guarantees if the U.S. sets the policy? Yes. So then why was Donald Trump impeached? Because you exactly. claimed he had no authority to withhold congressionally approved loan guarantees. But Donald Trump is the president and sets the policy. Just like Joe Biden said, call the president. He'll tell you. It's nonsense. They're lying. And I think I, I think destiny just cannot be on the in this instance, you know, Trump was right 
camp. Good. I want to. I want to know. That'll be a good conversation. Like for Destiny to watch the Kyle Rittenhouse thing and be like, "Oh, plain as day." Here's the truth. Like I, I, I trust him. For him to say this about Joe Biden, he's clearly missing information. Very clearly. He was just on Michael Malice on uh, You're Welcome. Didn't see the whole episode. Looked pretty fun. That though. sounds like it would probably a really, really good episode. Because yeah, like Destiny's really smart. Yeah. I'd love, I, I should watch that actually. I'd, said, I'd love to see uh, One it. comment said it was the most contentious episode they'd ever seen where no one was getting angry. They were like having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like both Michael and Destiny sounds really good. Yeah. Matt Shear says, it's my 25th birthday and I got to love being able to listen to y'all. Hey, thanks for the super chat and happy birthday. Yeah. Happy hey, I birthday. appreciate you sending us a present on your birthday. Alistair Vusen says, Justin Trudeau's wife is leaving him for a real man like Ian Crossland. Oh, the yes. nature of men and women can't be ignored. Yes. I knew you were going to read that one. That's sad, man. <laughs> I got empathy for Justin. Can you confirm what's happening here? It's, uh, I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> In public. Leon Yoder says Marlene Barbera is fighting cancer. She was dropped by her Portland Health Clinic for transphobia after staff at her clinic saw a private message to her, to her doctor, where she criticized a trans flag inside the clinic. Leftists on X are celebrating cold civil war. Yep. Yeah, I saw that story. That's like, I mean, this woman's undergoing cancer treatment. Oh, they don't care. Yikes. Yeah, they don't care. Verdin Horea says the difference between U.S. and French Revolution was the rights of man versus the rights of men. We're centered on the individual. They're centered on class. We the people as individuals versus we the collective people. That's why you could be an enemy of the people. Very interesting. But I do think it's important to recognize that hyper individualism is what brings us to where we are today because nobody knows their neighbors anymore and they mind their own business and they don't form communities and defend those communities. Mm -hmm. Double edged sword, double edged. Moving on. We will grab some more super chats. 8-Bit Poltergeist says, sometimes when deleted videos or photos are recovered, the file can become readable, but may be corrupted. Possible choppy footage explanation. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. Let's grab, oh, here's a good one. David Magdaleno says, Tim, is it just me or did Big Daddy government give the green light to YouTube to lift the ban on speaking about J6 so they could indict Trump lest they ban literally all of the news podcasts? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, it was already bad enough when they, I think it was um, Breaking Points. With uh, uh, Sagar and uh, Crystal, they uh-huh. got suspended once because they played a clip of Trump at a rally or something like that. And Trump mm-hmm. said something with the election. Mm-hmm. I think it was them. They might have been. It might have been Hill rising. I think they were on the Hill okay. at the time. Before, I'm not sure. Before the left, yeah. Yeah, or maybe it wasn't them. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they got they got targeted by it. Loyal Snoop Doge says, I'm legally blind due to an optic nerve issue from birth. LASIK won't work on me. My only hope for normal vision is Neuralink, but even then, I'm still extremely skeptical. Mm. no i totally get that mm. the first thing that's going to happen is the people who get Neuralink are going to be people who need medical treatment paralyzed they're going to be like well Neuralink can help you you're going to have any kind of like nerve damage from disease or anything optic uh your ears or whatever auditory yeah auditory they're going to say you know Neuralink can can help correct this problem yeah i think the first thing you'll see is going to be curing paralysis stem cells can help but also Neuralink, and Neuralink might be the fastest way to do it They'll say stem cells can take years. You know, you get the injection. It could be months and a lot of rehabilitation. With Neuralink, the connection is instantaneously applied and you should be walking within a month or two once you like get the signals and figure it out and everything. Mm-hmm. People are going to immediately do that. But then the people who get the Neuralink for that are going to start talking about not only do they have the ability to walk, but now they can just think the internet. 
Yeah. Something like that will happen. Like data feeds sent to their brains. Communicate what a terrifying sentence. I can think the internet. Like I, I can see where that would feel so great to some people. At then the same cyberbullying like, becomes serious. I oh, am the internet. What, what was that? Was it Chancellor Ever who was like, cyberbullying's crazy. Just, just turn just the turn computer on. off. Yeah. Like, but you can't when you think the internet. True. Yeah. True. It's like turning your thoughts off. Legma yeah. says, for Ian's question, Israel was a heavily socialist country. And they did away with it in the 80s and became capitalist. The current political turmoil there is the socialist dominated, overly powered Supreme Court not wanting to give up its unfairly consolidated powers. Interesting. Yeah, I've heard that they wanted to get rid of the Israeli Supreme Court. That's wild. I don't know a lot about it. I didn't know it was a socialist Supreme Court. But to think that a country is going to get rid of its Supreme Court is pretty freakish. Yugi says, I think that Ian would love the anime Psychopaths. It's about a computer that can read your mental state and it can flag you as a latent criminal and the police will arrest you. Dude, you've got to oh. learn how to meditate with no thought because that kind of stuff can be real. If they can, if they can, people can track your thought patterns, you got to have none. There's a funny uh, new episode of Beavis and Butthead because they're doing the new season and uh, they're meditating with their hippie teacher and he's like, clear your mind to reach a higher mental state. And then because they have nothing in their brains, they just instantly elevate <laughs> <Yeah>. to Shambhala. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a bunch of religious leaders are there and like Buddha's there. Yeah, they, thought, cause, they cause all sorts of problems. I thought that alcohol was getting me there, but it wasn't the same kind of no thought. It was just a, a different kind of no thought. All right. What's this? S.A. Federale says, to her point, I remember to this day, my mother was held, held up at the pay point while nurses took us to a room before shots they acted rushed, poked our ears and wiped swabs. We cried hysterically. They drew blood and dipped. Mom says didn't happen. What is this in reference to? You were saying, I think this is in reference to when Liz said that uh, as a mom, you're told not to question the pediatrician, right, right, right. not oh, to question I see. anything. I see. Uh, yeah. They're acting like you're wasting their time, I think is what he's saying. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy, actually, when you have a baby at first, you go into the pediatrician and they just like... Any question you have, they're just like, the science, can't question it. You're crazy. We'll fire you if you don't do what we say. Like, they're not collaborative at all. Yep. Did you tell them to buzz off? And yeah, just I like... fired my pediatrician. Wow. But that's hard because, especially if you live, I don't know how rural the area you live in is, but like, you can run out of pediatricians. You can end up driving big distances. I to... do, yeah. Yeah. All right. Major Seller says, by her definition, aliens, if ever encountered, would not be sentient and wouldn't deserve rights. You ready for this? Mm -hmm. Aliens are just demons. But what, so like if, what if aliens show up in like a big spaceship, would you just be like, they're demons, go away? That's what I think it is. All, that's what I think all these spotting like, of these UFOs. Holy water, are, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Let me bless you. Um, no, I think it's just demons. I think it's demons. I don't think that, I think the idea of extraterrestrials coming from Mars is like a figment of someone's imagination. Mars? That's what I'm saying. Like, who invented that? Like, why do we think of a flying saucer and little green men? Because that was science fiction. Someone invented that. Like, why is that more real to people than something that's invisible, but that throughout human history, we've acknowledged is well, real, no, that there's no a spiritual battle around us? I think it's demons that are... No one's saying that UFOs right now are coming from Mars specifically. I mean, some people might say Mars specifically, but Mars isn't the, the main contender for where the aliens may come from. If they are other so, planets, other universes, I mean, Zeta Reticuli, it, yeah. I think was what they told Bob Lazar. I mean, but it came from like the Martians, right? Who yeah, like that's Mars the whole, it's the that whole. was like a, like saying they came from Mars is just because Mars is visible to the naked eye. Right. That's and kind people of are like, point. I wonder if there's anything else on another planet. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about the greater concept of uh, extraterrestrial life, extraterrestrial just means outside of Earth. So would you say that a demon is an extraterrestrial? Yes. Yes. A demon? A demon, if born of another plane, would be, by definition, extraterrestrial. Terrestrial, of course, referring to Earth, and extra meaning outside of. 
or beyond. Okay, well, I so wonder if you're and, and defining this more precisely than the general public. But, but what I'm saying a is the general demon? public isn't coming out saying the aliens all came from Mars. What do you think? No, of but demons? they're saying that they're ki they came from they they're like life forms from other planets or other galaxies or other right? dimensions or from the future. I don't. I haven't heard very whatever. many people saying other dimensions, saying that they're like oh, it's yeah. part of the spiritual battle. Alex Jones was it four years, five years ago? They're saying they're interdimensional, interdimensional beings, but that ties in with the demon concept. Like yeah. if something, if it's a pattern of energy that's ma manipulating mental states, like that could be pervasive throughout the system. Let's talk about demons, and let's talk, we'll, we'll talk more about yeah. this in the members only because I got a lot of things to ask. But I want to read some more <laughs> super chats. I think it'll be a really good conversation. Chad Shin says, "Hey guys, great show tonight. I'm starting a YouTube Rumble channel streaming 5M Farm Sim 22 and other games." Plus, was wondering if you needed a handyman around your compound. If so, where could I apply? We just hired a handyman. Oh, nice. Handy. Literally just hired a handyman. I don't know if we're announcing yet. I can't yeah, wait till we fine. do. I think I know who it is, but yeah. I'm going to... Like, everyone here refrain. already knows who it is. Yeah, nice. And everybody who watches the show knows who it is. I got a picture with But they don't handyman. know that we hired them. Congrats, my dude. But I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not going to say anything until I have, like, the. I, I don't know who's doing what. Yeah, here. yeah. yeah. No, it's, 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 it's really a fascinating moment. A profound, a, a, a profound moment in my life is when... The first time a thing happened at Timcast that I had nothing to do with, it was a crazy thing for me. <laughs> because like when the when the company first starts, like I'm running everything. And everything. Right. And then one day I walk into like the office and I see this like binder of like Timcast policy procedure and stuff. And I was like, not only did I have nothing to do with it, I didn't even know anyone was going to be doing it. Hmm. And it's just <laughs> there like, whoa. Like things are being made Expansion. and now that, people are getting hired. I don't even know. Is that nice? Like that we have grown to a point where like you don't <laughs> have to be involved in everything or does it feel weird? I don't know. I don't know. I just, it, it's, it's a, it's an experience to be like, oh, wow, look at that. Like it's doing its own thing now. Yeah. Level of trust with your employees. I know. Yeah. I feel like when that happens <clears throat> for me, I'm, it's like a bittersweet thing, right? Yeah. Part of me is like proud because I'm like, great, you know, delegate, people do things. It becomes its thing. And part of me is like, well, what if it has my name on it and I don't like it? Yeah. <laughs> I think that must be really hard. All right. We will grab some more super chats. Stephen Wolf says, Tim Kest and Joe Rogan should host the debates 2024. 100%. I would never host any kind of debate they do. But in the in the sense of Tim Kest and Joe Rogan should have presidential candidates on their shows sometimes together. It's a very, very good idea. I think Joe is... Um, the reason why Joe Rogan's show is so important is that he knows so much about so much and uh, he can he can provide a general audience seeking entertainment, especially when it comes to like MMA fans who just like watching a show with general knowledge of things the mainstream press does not give people. And then what we have here is probably similar politics, but hyper esoteric and hard for the general public. So if you really wanted to have like a good debate that would reach the most people, it would be joe rogan with like two different candidates on and them just talking i think if we, if we did it like the stuff we're talking about with joe biden and burisma is going to go over the heads of the average person mm -hmm. like we should do it but it's for a politically minded audience if you're trying to win votes and trying to expose you know the average person to new ideas joe rogan clearly is the guy and i think it was patrick bet david was telling him to have trump on mm -hmm. oh good joe you yeah. gotta do it you gotta have trump on the show because trump's been wanting to go on Trump, Trump, I think Trump would do it in a heartbeat. Apparently he's wanted to do it. And Joe was talking about how he would ask him about the deep state, about the inner workings of politics, what it's like when you get in there. And those are the questions that matter. Yeah. Joe was saying before his concern was that he would help Trump or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, here's my view. I don't care if it helps or hurts. We don't invite people on this show because it might help them. 
you know, people are like, thank you for having me on the show. It really helped. I'm like, I don't know, whatever. Like, you're a person doing a thing we want to hear from you. You know what I mean? Donald Trump being asked questions by Joe will be deeply enlightening. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. It would be good for our country, like, if people understood how the deep state worked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Dolan Tired says, get Dave Rubin for Pro DeSantis. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Oh, that's a good idea, actually. I don't, but the problem with, with Dave hosts his own show, yeah, right? We can't be like, hey, Dave, stop doing your show and come do ours instead. It's like, that's not fair. It's not a fair question. You I know saw I mean? a uh, chat that's saying Steve Deese. I don't know if he supports DeSantis openly, but I love yeah. him. Steve Deese yeah. is cool. Be yeah. nice to come on. I think Just Ruben is on his August break, so he might come on. Oh, oh that'd be cool. Hey, you're on vacation. Would you come on? Come on. <laughs> he might. I mean, like, yeah, it's interesting. Go in the Atlanta. I, got, I got a feeling he's going to say something like he takes these breaks for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally That's fair. Yeah. That is fair. They had kids, yeah, I think. Fair. Right. They recently have kids. You know, and I think hey, his whole knows, thing about know? taking People a month kids. off was like health, behind the scenes mm -hmm. stuff. Life debating stuff. Laura, yeah, yeah, Laura not Laura. traveling to DC to debate someone in the most intense debate you can imagine. <laughs> Yo, I, I, I don't know. He'll I, come back on the grid I, I after tell this, you. and I'll be like, "Didn't even get the invite." <laughs> I, I think what'll happen is most of the DeSantis people we reach out to will refuse to do it because it's Laura Loomer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, as soon as you announced True. who it was, I was like, "Oh, there are a bunch of people who are like, no, thank I'm you. out later." And they're gonna but go running. There's got to be people that are would love to do it because it's Laura Loomer too. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe. But the thing is, Laura's going to have an encyclopedic knowledge of mm -hmm. things that, I mean, she's like looking into the, the high school records of the donors for she's DeSantis. Gonna she's going to be so intense. It's going to be so <laughs> fun. <laughs> All right, everybody, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, head over to TimCast.com, click join us, become a member so that you can watch the uncensored members only show we posted on the front page of the website, probably about four or five minutes. And we're going to talk about angels, demons, aliens, and moral philosophy and what this country needs in terms of religion and spirituality. It's going to be a lot of fun. You can follow the show at Timcast IRL basically everywhere. You can follow me personally at Timcast everywhere. Follow me on X and Instagram. Liz, you want to shout anything out? Oh, uh, I can't call it X. Follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Liz underscore yes, Wheeler. Yes, Twitter. Um, buy my new book. It's out in just a couple of weeks. Hideyourchildrenbook.com. I think you guys are going to love it. Some of you are going to hate it. And I want to hear everybody's thoughts on it. So hideyourchildrenbook.com. Are you sending it to people for like reviews and stuff? Yeah. You want a copy? Yes, I do. I'd be happy to send you one. Oh my gosh. On we, haven't, we haven't gotten it yet or I would have brought one. I love it when people give me books. I'm in. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad you're here. It's so fun to see you. Uh, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlaw. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. You should follow at TimCastNews on Twitter and Instagram. Maybe you'll see my review of Liz's book. Uh, and if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me on Twitter at HCBrimlow <laughs> and on Instagram at HannahClaire.B. X so marks the spot. I was waiting all night, <laughs> all day. Yeah, get it out. <laughs> Work it out. Uh, follow me on X at Ian Crossland and anywhere else at Ian Crossland. I'm happy that, to see you, Liz. Happy that you guys are listening and, and being a part of this wild freaking ride, man. What a time to be alive. I'm glad we got the internet because it's cool to document it as we go. All right, see you later. Indeed. Uh, yeah, Twitter me. It's still Twitter on my on my phone, so tweet me. Um, it's better to say I'll argue there than on X. It sounds weird to say let's argue on X. Just I don't know. Anyways, yeah, follow me uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm Surge.com. See you guys later. We will see you all over at TimCast.com in a few minutes. Thanks for hanging out.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.